As I usually do, I want to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, sign up for our email list there. Lola has uh, Lola's deals, as well as you can, under the Strangeaholics tab, find all the alternate places that we're on. We're like heavily, heavily suppressed by YouTube here. I mean, it's not, it's not even a joke. Uh, these days. So if you want to find that the alternate alternative places, you can you can find that on the website. Um, there's some places that we're going to add. I did sign up for Rumble a while back. I just need to start doing something with that because I've heard that you can go live with those guys. All right. Also, check out uh, U.S. Law Shield. We have a link in the description of this video. You guys can sign up for U.S. Law Shield and save yourself uh, a couple of bucks if you're doing a annual membership as, as well as send a couple of shekels in our direction. Um, if, if, you know, if you're going to carry, if you're going to protect yourself, you want to have some protection uh, for when you have to use your protection, I guess. That's the best way to, best way to put that. Okay, big shout out to Harry's Holsters as well uh, for sponsoring the show here. And um, as usual, I'm going to change up things a little bit here, right? Because I usually uh, read like a movie quote or something like that or come up with some ridiculous um, accolade about the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. You guys already know that we're the number one freedom podcast. I mean, this is going to be episode 784. So, you know, we're, we're the most awesome. But this is a quote because I saw Biden on the news today flub this quote. I don't know if anybody else uh, saw Biden flub this quote. So I'm going to give the quote here. It's from Thomas Jefferson. It's the quote about the, uh, the tree of liberty. And what country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. The remedy is to set them right as to facts pardon and pacify them what signify a few lives lost in a century or two the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants it is it's nature's course wait 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 wait, wait. did he did he try to use that quote <laughs> yes Wow. Yes, he, he did. Because he realizes the full <laughs> scope of that quote. No, no, no. So we'll get into this. We'll get into this, okay? Let me smash the open. Let me get into it. I want to get that out there. Um, let's get into this now. It's going to be a really fun show. Let's do this. Welcome back to the Hank Strange. Make sure situation. that you smash that Lifestyle subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Ring the bell. Babyface, where's your bell? I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, there he goes. He's got a bell. Good, good. <laughs> got to start with a bell. We are live. We've got a new guest. We've got a guest here. Uh, Tom of uh, of uh, Secure Gun Storage. We do this thing called Jazz Hands, Tom. Everyone has to do it. Doesn't matter. I know you're a, t- you're a tough guy. Everybody's got to do the Jazz Hands. There you go. Okay, he's doing his version of jazz hand. Oh, wait, what is this again? Oh, wait, he's doing, okay, he's doing all kinds of different things. All right, we are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on. This is episode 784 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Hank Strange. My guest is Tom Kubniak. Did I say, I, I guarantee you I said it wrong already. Kubniak. Kubanik, Kubanik of Secure It Gun Storage. Um, if you don't know about Secure It Gun Storage, we're going to get all up in there today. This is going to be a fun show because I actually like what these guys make. I look at the YouTube channel. Uh, I've seen some of the stuff. I've got my own opinions on this. So we're going to have fun talking about that. Babyface P is also joining us. Uh, what's up, Patrick? How's it going? Uh, we're cool to have a bison tonight. 
Hefeweizen. Okay. All right. There you go. Tom, welcome and, to the show. And, and I, have to, I, I have to say, this is how much I uh, love this audience. Mm-hmm. Marley and I got invited to go to Dave and Buster's and have dinner and play half-off video games tonight. And I had already said yes to the podcast, so I couldn't read it. Oh, boy. oh just so a little bit I'm of guilt here. trip. Notice there's nobody behind me oh, because she's boy. off having fun. Oh, she left you. Busters. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This is for you all. You better hit the thumbs up for that. Because I'm here of... drinking by myself with the two other folks on here. There oh, is yeah. just a little bit of a guilt trip in that. Thanks. <laughs> we appreciate it. Tom, welcome to the show. Um, thanks so much for coming on. I've actually been looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to be on the show. It's, uh, I like shows like this because I, I have no idea where this is going to go. Oh, yeah. Oh, you don't know. That's how we do. Go. This is going to go in so many different directions. That's- so. So listen, Lola always wants me to start by asking the guests like who they are, how they got into the business, what do they do, etc. So it, let's let's start off there, and then we'll jump back into that quote from the beginning. I'll do the uh, the lightning round here with this. I started my professional career as a guitar player, as you can see by that. I'm in my studio at my house, um, a professional guitar player for many years, and. Uh, that ended when I, I just had tendonitis so bad I couldn't play. Started a telemarketing company selling computer supplies, which morphed into an early internet e in 1999, 2000, selling uh, computer storage, tape racks, laptop storage when the HIPAA laws came out. A guy calls me. We were one of the larger sellers of laptop security cabinets. And a guy calls and says, can you store an MP5? I said, well, sure. What's an MP5? And he's a little machine gun. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? He's with the FBI. We, we talked for about an hour, and I started doing some research and realized the military was transitioning from the M16 to the M4. Every weapon rack they had really didn't work. Armories were a mess. So we started getting into firearm or weapon storage in the military in 2002, and I worked with a Canadian firm to develop a couple of systems. We, they, I didn't like the direction it was going. We kind of pulled out of that, and then uh, in 2008, we designed and patented our cradle grid system, which we designed. We were, work- we were under contract with U.S. Army Special Forces, working with them for two years on solving armory problems and uh, developed the system, which four years later, we're the largest supplier to the U.S. military for small arms storage. And we build armories for all the SEAL teams, Special Forces. We're, we're doing uh, – right now, I've got Okinawa. i got 22 containers on the water rebuilding oh. the Marine Corps in, in Okinawa. I bet, that's, I bet that's super cool getting to see what they play with. Because yeah. I hear I hear yeah. high, high-end spec ops get the run of the mill. Whatever they want, pick of the litter, whatever firearms, whatever whatever they want, they get. Yeah, so I hear they're, I bet they're, they're, their systems are cool as hell. I'm rolling in some stuff from the YouTube channel. Yeah. You guys have got to check out the YouTube channel and the webpage. Um, these guys, this is like... You know, this is a legit company here. <laughs> you know, there. Uh, you, I'm sure you're supplying a lot of government agencies out there. Um, you know, are you just? Uh, do you focus mainly on military and law enforcement, or do you do a we, lot of civilian stuff as well? We used. I mean, we're a defense contractor. I build armories all over the world. Um, we recently did the Kuwait Army. We've done. We do projects everywhere. We got into retail about four years ago. Four, almost five years ago, um, we had a lot of this, a lot of the SEAL guys. I was at a trade show in uh, in Virginia Beach area, and they kept coming up to saying, "Make something for a house. I want something for my house." 
And then we started getting, we started looking at gun safes, how bad they were. So we went into retail, and as of now, retail is larger than our military side of the company. Mm. Um, Inc. Magazine lists us as one of the fastest growing companies in America right now. Awesome. So we awesome. are, uh, we bring a whole different mindset. And our goal, you know, my goal as the CEO of this company, as a guy driving this thing, is to change the way America thinks about firearm storage because the gun safe industry is locked, deadlocked in 1950s, mm-hmm. 1960s, or older. And they haven't changed, and they're not going to change. And I, I worked with a lot of these companies early on, figuring let's license our technology to gun safe manufacturers. Let's work with these guys to make these things better. And it it's, was what well, the, gun, no-go the gun quick. industry being difficult to deal with. If, no, people, no, no, no. People don't understand the concept of real security. Most people out there, most gun owners out there, have never seen a real safe um, and even no, me well, i own a yeah. liberty i have a big liberty and it's good security but it is uh, my oh. family has a jewelry store down in tampa well, uh, mm-hmm. with yeah. a, a plate steel safe that's the the front door is like that of plate steel that is real security what we have is you know yeah, what pretty- it's huh? tom will cut that's into not you real, that's not real <laughs> yeah. security anymore no. um we have the, a video stuff? well if you take a modern carbide saw blade and a circular mm-hmm. saw. I've got a 1986 circular saw. We got a video. I took a Liberty Fatboy Junior. I cut it in half in a, in a minute, like minute 20 seconds. Um, it, it, I mean, it, those it's saw blades HHT. cut through. Yeah, they cut through half-inch rebar all day long on job sites. They'll go through plate steel, and it's not that Ooh. slow. What, now, what the big safe, the real safes have, though, is it's steel, two layers of steel with a cement composite in between. And that destroys the blades. And yeah. that, I mean, we built a true safe years ago. I'm showing um, right now, I'm showing the yeah, video of you go. cutting through this safe. I mean, look at yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I took the, that thing apart pretty quick. The, um, fire, the fire rating. Here, let me just run that back again for you guys who didn't see that. That was like people, real easy to get into. People don't fully understand, and even I guess I don't fully understand real security. There's a big difference between your, well, your in, home wall safe and... In, cons- in the civilian, in a, in a home, your best security is secrecy. Because yes, a, thief, yeah. a thief given time is going to find stuff. However, you know, we, we look at FBI crime data when we're doing this, and most break-ins occur during the daytime. Thief is in and out of the house in less than nine minutes. And a thief oh. breaks into a house, he's going master bathroom, looking for drugs, master bedroom, valuables, home off his den, then they're gone. That's, that's what they're doing. They're Time is not their friend. They're in and out quick. So we look at storing guns where it makes sense. Master bedroom, one gun. Fast access, safe, under your bed, next to your bed. That's it. Kitchen, very secure room. Big kitchen pantry. Now, I've got a good-sized collection. In my kitchen pantry is I've got an agile cabinet that holds six rifles. Um, One of those is an AR-15 with a 30-round mag ready to roll. Home defense, I'm in the kitchen. Somebody my breaks wife, in. I, my wife is I'm not going to like this conversation because well, I'm already thinking about. My, I'm already thinking about what can I, t- what cabinets in our kitchen can I remove to put a really dope gun cabinet in? <laughs> it's um, now if you don't have a lot of room though, a, a, a handgun or a rifle in a small fast access safe in your kitchen, the closet next to your front door, front hall closet, thieves never look in there. It's full of coats. I've got a cabinet in there. I've got eight rifles, one of which is a ready to roll. 
AR-15. The rest are part of my class. That lever action, some vintage guns. Um, in a den, I've got you know one gun, fast access. No more than that. Den is not a secure room. Guest bed. If you had an extra bedroom, guest bedroom, a bed made, a nightstand with a lamp on it, piece of generic art, and a, and, a, and one chair, and nothing else in the room. The closet in that room is secure. Thieves are running a house. Oh, guest yeah. room, they're not going to waste any time. Yeah, crimes of um, opportunity is what these guys yes. perform. They don't want to be exactly. in there if, long. If, now, the other side of this, though, if a guy knows you're gone for a weekend and he's got time, if you've got all your guns in one safe, he's going to crack that open. He's got everything. When you decentralize, we've got a lot of information on our site about decentralized storage, storing your guns in small modular cabinets all over your home. Well, okay, so a thief's in your house, let's say, for two days, running through it, and he comes across a cabinet. He will get it open given time. Okay, you get six of your guns. That's, you know, that sucks. Make sure you have insurance. But to the thief, he just won. And now the clock is really ticking for him. He's got something of value. Now he wants out. He's leaving. What he's not doing is stealing the rest of your 45 guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, if yeah. you've got a big gun collection, you know, that's mm-hmm. the idea is when a thief finds something of value, they're gone. They don't, they're like, I got something. Now I have something to lose and they leave. Yeah. The idea is don't <laughs> have it. In, don't have it all in one place. Look, we're going to get deep into this here in a second. Let me um, shout out Andrew here. Andrew gave money, us a couple money, of money, 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 money. We appreciate that. <laughs> thanks, thanks to Andrew. <laughs> He's got no, yeah, that cracks me up too. He's got no comment behind that. Um, so let's, while we're waiting for everyone to get in here, I would, by the way, just encourage everyone who is here right now, uh, smash the thumbs ups and share this. It's going to be a great conversation. You guys have questions for Tom of Secure It. This will, we're, we're mostly going to talk about uh, safe, securing, uh, and storing. We, we'll get into whatever you guys want to get into. Yeah. Um, so the Tree of Liberty thing and um, Biden talking about crime and what they're going to do about crime. Uh, yes, he did use the Tree of Liberty quote, and he says it was it's not fed by the blood of um, of patriots. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to go watch that. Yeah. But, uh, before we move on, I had a I had a serious question Thanks. before we moved on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you guys did uh, work out in Kuwait recently. How how close on that project were you? Because I have a, I, I actually have a connection to that project. As oddly as I, I, I was, I was there in country. Uh, to, uh, Robert, Robert Morris, did you work with him? Who? Robert Morris. He's a. Uh, he should have been head of construction or working with the head of construction. It's my, no, it's my I, uncle. Uh, he oh, he really was working. Good? Yeah, he was working at one of the bases in Kuwait as the head of construction. So I didn't know if that project lined oh, up. I was yeah. I've been so well, impressed. I was, <laughs> I was there, I was there pre-construction walking okay. through, basically touring the facility, ver- just mm-hmm. as, you know, verifying it. Yes, this is the correct solution. Yes, this is going to fit. I was more, um, yeah, it was, it was before I came back to the States, the contract came in and we started building cabinets. Okay. But it okay. Was, uh, and we shipped everything over there and it was a U.S. firm, um, that did the contract. You know, when the U.S. gives, like, gives money to a foreign country as aid, one of the strings on that is here's ten million dollars. You have to buy products from America with this money. So it's mm-hmm. it's yes, they're giving them aid to upgrade their military, but they're also helping U.S. companies because that was a, it was a good sized armory project for us. And mm-hmm. uh, I tell you this, him, I, I, w- I wouldn't go back. He's, 
<laughs> so he's still um, he's still in country. He's picking up a new contract. That might uh, there's a good chance that that is the company that he's working for. Um, do uh, they but, have do they have actual for real uh, storage? <laughs> I mean, it, I it came from secure so. it. It came from secure it. That's <laughs> uh, what. so you guys. So yeah. you were over there bef- like before the construction started being built, but you measured out everything, I'm guessing. And then you guys built everything and sent it over there, right? Um, we we supply. We supply. Somebody's somebody's phone ringing in. <laughs> oh no, I don't know. Uh-uh, that's not my phone. Uh, not me. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't hear a phone. I don't know if that's you. Oh, I heard something sound like someone. Me. It's, I'm I'm oh. shut down. But uh, so what it is is we supplied some design work on paper, print of the prints of their room with layouts, and then we supplied model eighty four weapon racks and all the components inside to build mm-hmm. the armories. Yeah. So. Everything we do is component based. You know, it's our competitors build a weapon rack. They build a storage. So Liberty builds a safe. What Cradle mm-hmm. Grid is, it's a tool that allows the customer, allows you to build the system you want. You know, the, the Marine Corps in Pendleton cause our rack the Tetris rack. They start at the bottom and they build <laughs> up. Uh, third group in uh, Fort Bragg, they call it the Lego rack because it's, it's, it's a building block system extremely mm-hmm. flexible and every single person that has a secure cabinet or safe configures it in a unique way to, to fit yeah. their needs the way they use their rifles the way they store gear it's, you know there's a lot of yeah. integration of gear and guns now yeah mm-hmm. that's one of the things i would say about safes safes are very very limiting and they are I, well they, they yeah, were designed in the interior of a safe this is fascinating mm-hmm. i got in a conversation with uh some gentleman a few weeks ago about this and I was meeting with a safe manufacturer. Now, the, the corporate guys, they're all very corporate stiff, and you're getting all the, you know, we're talking about business opportunities together, which for us went nowhere. Um, not one guy on the board owned an AR-15. Three guys did not own a firearm. Hmm. Anyhow, so they said, oh, we'll give you a plant tour. Well, the plant manager gives you the tour, and these guys love the talks. So I, I, I pumped that guy for information, and gun safes are designed to look good empty because that's how they're sold. When you walk into a gun distributor, you're walking to Bass Pro, and you're looking at safes, mm-hmm. you're opening the doors, and you're evaluating the product empty. So they design mm-hmm. them to look good empty. You want to make a gun safe look awful? Put guns in it. Because they, really they really don't hold guns yeah, well. You yeah, know, it's, oh, yeah. I'm not uh, sure it's, 40, 40 rifle safe. And then you're yeah, lucky no, you get, about if, if you get, oh, please, 18? Yeah, it yeah. You're right. It's 18, yeah. it's 18 oh, guns in a 40 rifle safe. You are exactly spot on. That is the number. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it's, is so um, crazy. No, it's, it is crazy. It's, we go to SHOT Show. It's funny. Our first year with a big booth at SHOT Show, we mm-hmm. were mobbed because nobody had ever seen. We had all of our cabinets, our walls, and every single thing we had there was maxed out with a collection of firearms. Whereas mm-hmm. you go to a safe booth, there's not a gun in there. They can't show guns in their safes because they really don't hold them well. Mm-hmm. And people had never seen it. And we just, I mean, we lit the place up that year. Yeah, that was the video that I saw from you first that made me say, "Oh, I like this guy," because I oh, remember that was the uh, that press conference. <laughs> we're taking on the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Davy and Goliath one. Yeah, he was. Like, was he was at. I think you guys were at Shot Show, right? <laughs> that that I did that whole presentation with two big gun safe booths right across the hall from me. I love and it. we're filming it with a whole bunch of people. <laughs> and, and I get done with the whole thing. And I don't know who it was. It was like a manufacturer's rep. He goes, 
He looks over there, looks back to me. He goes, man, you got balls. And yeah. he goes, I, I, go, I go, they just stood and stared at me. They don't care. Yeah. They, I mean, they were there at SHOT Show to meet one buyer, the buyer of Costco, who sells mm. their safes. It's a cheap Chinese safe. That's all mm. the reason. They didn't care. These guys are yeah. sleeping most of the show. But it, it's <laughs> Look, know. you know what? Look, listen, when I got into the gun world, and I, I, I wasn't like brought up into this like Patrick, right? You mm. know, I, it's something I got into. Brought up into this. No, what, what I'm saying, no, but what I'm saying <laughs> is like your family were into guns and stuff like that. You grew up in, you're Air, from Tampa. Air. You're from Tampa. Okay. Barely, so barely. You, dad, you get, mom and dad got a concealed carry in like 2003. Oh, mine got really one the, never. <laughs> uh, it was they they were into firearms, but not yeah. not huge, not not okay. like me, not anything. Okay, like me. all right. You're from Tampa, so yeah. you get uh, you basically get a Saturday Night Special and a uh, Dolphin God, tattoo. I'm about Saturday I know. Night special. So, but anyway, anyway, listen. So, I'm, as a new gun guy getting into this, what do you do? The first thing you do is go buy a safe. You don't even. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like no. they got you. No, no, they no, got no, no, you no. like that. You're pro. Go buy a safe. The first thing people do is they go to Harbor Freight and buy one of those oh, cabinet? happy steel cabinets. Yeah. That's what people yeah. do. That's, yeah. Yeah. That is not That's security. Funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone gave – I didn't buy – I have a cabinet. Someone gave it to me. I did not buy oh. that cabinet. Oh. I do not know that woman. <laughs> you know? That's funny. So, but I keep, like, ammo in there. And and that's what you do. You know, you buy you buy a safe, and even, like, I'm an FFL, the ATF, they all think, oh, you got to have safes. And as you know, in the – you know, over here, I went out and bought um, – I was looking for a good solution because I don't – think I've found like a really good solution except for what I've seen you guys do and so I went out and bought a bunch of lockers from like a old high school or something like that yeah. you know yeah, Bec and yeah go ahead No, says, we actually make a system that you can retrofit into the back of those lockers oh really okay yeah that's it's, it's in the accessory section of our website it, it was okay. our first our first real retail product was a gun safe conversion kit and then we wow. developed the uh, the uh, agile cabinet, then the answer cabinet, and now the the agile cabinets. Um, we just they're, they're, we're selling yeah. thousands of those. There's um, there's so many things. Like Lola gets mad at me sometimes. Like, oh, why don't we just get more safes? I was like, look at what happened. So for example, here in Florida, when I keep guns in the safe and keep that safe closed, the humidity starts to rust off. Well, it's it's, it's like, not the, it's, it's it's not the humidity, but you are you are correct. And I've got a video. We have a video on that. We did a little research on gun safes and corrosion. They sell millions of dollars of products to fight corrosion in gun safes. Yet, if you have like if you have guns in a wooden cabinet, if you have guns in a in a, in a steel locker, if you have guns hanging in a wall in a restaurant, they don't rust. Guns that are properly cleaned, properly maintained, don't corrode. But mm -hmm. gun safes is a real concern. Are they trying to sell all this stuff over fear, or is there an mm -hmm. issue? The reality is there is an issue. The materials used inside a gun safe, a bunch of them, are banned from use in museums because mm. of corrosion. They're banned from use in military armories because of corrosion. You've got formaldehyde, which is in the adhesive that they use to put the carpeting in. The drywall they put in these safes, they call it fireboard. It's drywall. Drywall is full of formaldehyde. They use it as a dispersing agent when they're making actual drywall. Drywall also has pyrite in it. It's naturally occurring in gypsum when they mine it. And... Pyrite's fine. It's an inert, simple, you know, it's fool's gold. But there's a bacteria called ferrooxidin bacteria that live on pyrite, and they eat it. Ferrooxidins are used in the mining industry to strip metal from low-grade ore. 
No. It's on the pyrite. It also gets out. It's into your safe. Um, when they eat the pyrite, they they they're what they the waste product is sulfurous and sulfuric acid, highly corrosive. If you go to a gun store and a safeman closed, a new safeman closed for a little while, a few days, open them up. I tell anybody out there, if you're just open the safe as it opens, put your nose in there and smell. You'll pick up a sulfur smell. That is sulfuric acid, and that is highly highly corrosive. So. The gun safe industry has a significant corrosion problem they try to battle. And I'm going to tell you right now, use desiccants. Don't use those golden, those golden rods and all those things that heat up the safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not removing moisture. When you raise the temperature, you're changing relative humidity. That's humidity relative to temperature. You're not removing it. You're changing the index. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It does slow down corrosion. It doesn't stop it. Desicant, a, a desiccant packs actually re- absorb the moisture. If you got a brand new safe, I tell anybody open it up at least once a week. Yeah. Just open it up, let it sit for just in just a couple of minutes, and close it. Um, the formaldehyde will off gas in about two years or so. The bacteria on the the uh, pyrite that's going to go for fifty hundred yeah. years. That's that's never going to stop. So none of our products have a fire rating. None of our products use drywall. The fire ratings on gun safes is complete. Yeah, it's smoke and mirror. It is complete BS, mm-hmm. and they really? know it. That's good. Oh yeah, it's yeah. You know, so we're we're here. We might as well have this conversation. Why has the why has this technology not kept up to date? Like other other. I mean, you obviously sound like you guys get deep into this, the science in it of it, and all that kind of stuff. You're doing what you're doing. Why has the rest of this stuff not moved forward? Why are we still doing? Like because, everyone who buys safes must know that they're crap. <laughs> like, how okay. many do you have to buy before you realize? They're I had crap? no idea. It's well, you buy one every time you move because the most left behind thing when people move is a hot tub and a gun safe. <laughs> you can't move. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. The industry—it's not that they're—they're they're not trying to be this stupid. It's they're not gun people. If you look at you know, Liberty is owned by a Wall Street investment firm. Canon purchased Stack on about a year or two years ago. Now it's funded by an investment, a, a Wall Street investment firm. These are spreadsheet companies, and they are beholden to stockholders. Which I get no problem with that. If you want to invest in these companies, these these safe manufacturers need to turn a profit for the stockholders. It's capitalism, and I believe in it. Yeah. However, their their mission is not to produce the best product they can produce. Their mission is to move these damn safes off the shelf. Our, you know, we came into this whole thing as let's make the warfighter as 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 prepared as we can make them. And we got really passionate about this early on in the military because we weren't defense guys. We weren't gun guys. We said, you know what? We can make a difference here. We can actually make a substantive difference in the lives of these guys because they're risking their necks for us. And we developed all this to, to make them better prepared. Going to the consumer market then, we just – we got – I mean – it was an epiphany. We had no idea how bad it was. And the whole, the whole, I mean, the fire rating thing is such BS. And yes, if you put the safe in an oven and bring the temperature up to 1500 degrees and have a temp probe in there in 30 minutes, if the, the, not, this is a Chinese safe. No, it's all bullshit. Not a Liberty safe. Yes, it'll go 30 minutes if they're rating mm-hmm. there. That's fine. But that's not a fire. The, the fire inside a home, the air is moving in excess of 60 miles an hour. It's a whipping torrent. So I'm going to tell you, if you are baking a pizza, you got your oven heated up to 500, 600 degrees, you can put your hand in that oven, and you can hold it in that oven for quite a while because mm-hmm. the air is very slow to transmit to your hand. Now, put your hand in front of a jet exhaust at 600 degrees, 
blowing at 60 miles an hour, you'll third degree burns in a half a second. Yeah. It'll rip, it'll rip you apart. It's no different in the gun safe. Yeah. And we're going we're, to, we're, we're, we're going to set up to do a test. We recently purchased uh, about 500 acres of incredible hunting land. And uh, we're building a kind of a secure preserve, um, for the company, but we are going to set up a, a burn and we're going to simulate a room and we're going to cook off a safe and show yeah. people this is the reality. Now, the other side of it, though, is you don't need a fire rating. If you look at the actual risk of fire in America now, it's getting lower every year. Your insurance data drives all this. We look at a lot of these numbers, and you know the bulk of all insurance claims are smoke-related, not heat-related. In fact, you know, 90, 92% of all fires occur in the kitchen and are contained within a pot or contained within the oven. That's almost all home fires. The insurance claim and the damage is smoke-related. Actual heat damage, an open flame burning in a house, that's typically carelessness, candle smoking, and it's usually confined to a corner of a room. It's very rare that it does more than that. It, you know, if you've got a professional firefighting force, their response time is minutes, three to five minutes. I live in a small town. I've got a volunteer firefighting force. I'm still 11 minute is the response time. Anybody can call their insurance company or call your fire department, give them your address, say what's the response time. Mm-hmm. The insurance industry requires that they know that on every house they insure. That's, that's how they rate the policies. But the risk of fire, you know, 75, 100 years ago, there was a well, lot of things. That there could was no smoke fire. detectors and stuff like that. People yeah. didn't have alarm systems. Now, not everyone has alarm systems and some no. people live in remote places and all that. Um, but, you, you know, one of the things I want to say, unless you've ever actually been in a burn like you know sometimes fire departments do those burns so for training burns and stuff like that and when i did um it was a while back in west palm beach um i actually went to one of those with the fire department and they were like yeah we're gonna put you in a suit and put you in this thing my it was already on fire i went up to the doorway just to see you know and i was like no thanks i'm not even getting in that suit i'll tell you what getting in that thing that's uh it's yeah yeah it's Getting into it's that real. kind of heat is scary. that's real scary stuff. It's nobody yeah. wants. I mean, nobody wants to get burned. Um, no, I, but it I, is. It's. I don't believe anybody needs a gun, a fire rating. If you truly want fire protection, you live remote and you've got a decent gun collection. Buy a Connex box used, or you know, a Tricon. It's a small. It's like a small shipping container. Bury it. Build yourself some stairs going down. Put it underground. Um, if you Google up, anybody Google's up California wildfires gun safe. There's a ton of stories when they had those horrible fires about three years ago. There's a bunch. No, there's no safes that survived. Mm-hmm. There were huge collections that were lost because the safes were all just toasted. Yeah. So can it's, you imagine the guns in Cali too? That like because yeah. I mean, and think about where the those uh, fires were. You know, that's like the best real estate up there. The people with the yeah. with the serious oh, money. Yeah. Just think about those guns that were lost. There's those celebrities. a lot of yeah. Yeah, a lot of pretty high end stuff went up. Um, but if yeah. people are really concerned, a Tricon, it's called, or a Quadcon. These are really—they're small. They look like shipping containers. They're small. The military uses them to move equipment and gear, but you can buy yeah. them used on the market. They're watertight. Yeah. And uh, Patrick, let's go half seas. Let's go half seas on one. It sounds interesting. Yeah. I'm telling you, you can. It's, I don't know if you could put one in your backyard, but you know, we could. We could work something out. <laughs> I mean, know? that's for guys, That's for people of a big collection. Um, there's several companies, like in Texas, Oklahoma, that build storm mm-hmm. shelters based kind of on some of these designs, like a shipping container. And we've done some work with some of those guys, you know, making gun rooms within these. Um, yeah. 
I wonder is it a good is it a good idea to bury one of those under your berm? It's probably a good idea, right? Is that is that scientifically sound? You have a connex under the berm outback? Yeah, no, I think that might be the best place, huh? I don't know that. I don't have one. I'm saying is you know I'm I'm spitballing here. Is that a good idea? <laughs> they're structurally they're pretty darn strong. I mean, it's gonna last if you if yeah. you give it a good corrosion epoxy paint. Heck yeah! Yeah, Matt Morrison. We got we got a bunch of comments here. If you guys have questions, yeah. Matt Morrison says, uh, "Gun broker has roasted guns for sale, stored in safes, but still burnt." Oh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I bought a python that way, so yeah, I, I yeah can't say it's not true. Yeah. So um, let's see if if folks have questions, we can definitely uh, sure. let's see uh, what was someone was saying to you. Oh, I hope your house doesn't have. Where was it? I'm trying to find someone. I hope oh. your house doesn't have drywall. Yeah, your Hillbilly house is Nitro open and ventilated, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, houses are open and ventilated. Yeah, yeah. It, it still exists, but it doesn't. T- I mean, a little bit of ventilation. We're not talking about a ton of sulfuric acid. We're talking about very minute, but in a gun safe that's sealed. And you close it up, and some people close a gun safe and they don't open it for a year or that longer. Crazy to me. Have you have you guys ever seen a safe like that? Have you guys ever seen that? You have you seen what actually happened? What's that? Like I actually um, I, did I take yeah. pictures? I don't know if I could show the pictures. Oh, uh, I cleaned a but, whole bunch of them because of it. Yeah, a friend of mine um, had a safe. Like he has a property not far from here, and he left a bunch of guns and ammo and stuff. The ammo was fine. <laughs> The guns, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's mold, all that kind of stuff, all over those things, man. You, if you had a problem. Yeah, uh, no, no. What the stuff that happened to my stuff is nothing compared to my friend oh, who, God. yeah, that safe is still there, looking like that. Um, oh, I don't know if I have pictures yeah, of that or if I'm allowed to show it. I might not be allowed to show. Oh that. God. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, look, Florida. You know, first of all, the sun will kill everything. But yeah, you've got to have real temperature controlled rooms, all kinds of stuff here to keep things. Everything lives here, man. It's like Jurassic Park. We're living in Jurassic Park. Right. Yeah. It's if you know, if you clean an oil gun properly and then maintain it, meaning even in storage, pull Mm -hmm. it out, wipe it down, re-oil it every, you know, Mm -hmm. four to six months. They're going to be fine. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it's it's. For the most but part, again, you can pe- rehab people everything. buy guns for a reason, and then they forget about why they bought it, and it sits in a cabinet, sits in a safe, and all of a sudden, eight years goes by. Yeah, and they're, they they forget where it is, they forget where the ammo is, and we we, we talk to people. Yeah, that, yeah but, that trap all the time. Vanessa Kitty says, "How about the insulation used on space shuttle bottom? Can we put that in between the metal sides?" Okay, I mean, as long as you yeah, can, you can you afford it? I, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I I don't know. It's it's more whole, expensive now, than the guns. We actually made we called it the True Safe, and we made a safe copying the original patented design of Silas Herring. It was patented back in 1865. It was a double walled safe, steel inner, steel outer, and the gap a couple two three inches filled with a cement composite. It was an eight-gun safe. It weighs 1,400 pounds. It was so heavy that it was outside the scope of our logistic capabilities to actually move it and deal with it. So we, we OEM it to a, a company called Safe and Vault. They actually sell it on their website. Um, mm. But that is a true safe. And it has it's, – it's got a – we ran a test on it. We cooked it and went an hour, 10 minutes in our test, an hour, 15, something like that. And uh, 
we don't put a sticker on it. We, we don't include a fire rating. We include a printout of the data of what actually happened. Um, but again, it's a huge, heavy safe, requires special equipment. You can't put it, you can't take it down wooden stairs. Um, <laughs> you crash your, your upstairs floor joist oh, yeah, if you to put it on there. Absolutely. But we, wanted, <laughs> we made it to prove a point. That if you actually want a true safe, this is it. I don't think anybody needs it. I would never use one. I buy insurance. I have I have small, lightweight, modular cabinets, and they're hidden throughout my home. And uh, yeah, if you really it, it looks, lose all your well. guns, I mean, I know there's going to be some guns that can't be replaced. You need to figure out some different things with those. But you know, the fun is buying them, right? Like buying. Them. <laughs> Well, you know, and again, it's something you look at security in your home, gun safe, and keep the guns secure. The first thing I would look at is the outside of the home. Do is it lit? Do you have a motion sensor light? Are all the bushes and shrubberies away from the front of the house? Remember, it's the same thing. Like, there's a lion and there's five guys. You ain't got to be the fastest. Just don't be the slowest. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just you want that you want that thief just to look at the house and say, you know what, the one next door looks a lot easier. That's all, I mean, it is, people don't think about it's easy to a big, do. It's a big deal. It is a couple of cameras. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a couple of cameras mounted outside a house. I mean, even to fake those. Fa- I mean, still anything. Mm-hmm. Motion sensor lights are great. If somebody's walking up to your house. All of a sudden, they're lit up. Mm-hmm. They're going to walk away for the most part. Yeah. It's uh, how expensive um, is it to get like um, to to get your alarm system and everything tied in to like ADT and those kinds of things. You I. Know? You, I I don't know. I don't. I don't have an alarm system like that mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I live in a small little town. That's that's. I'm not sure there's even a security company around here, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. secure area. And right. I mean, my neighbors would open up on anybody that broke into my house. <laughs> so it's. Uh, so do you want to tell the folks where you are? You are in. You're in New York, right? A little behind enemy some, lines. Yeah, yeah we are. We as, as people tell me, one of these days I got to move to America. But yeah, our <laughs> <Yes>. office. Our, <laughs> Our corporate office is located in Syracuse. Um, I live outside, south south in the mountains and the hills. I like to be, I like to be out in the country. Um, the company now, though, post post COVID, we run remote. We went remote when COVID started, and the company ran so much better remote. We're not going back to the office. It's just, I've got a, a recording studio in there for video. We've got and we do we do prototyping. We do some stuff in there, but we're now hiring. We're building a team in Phoenix. I've got. In Austin, and then in the Chattanooga kind of uh, Louisville area. Oh, so we're hiring people. We're hiring a lot of people, but we're hiring them. You know, we just actually picked up a uh, product development engineer. Um, he's in Indianapolis, but being remote allows me to pull from from talent all over the country. What happened you know, to Florida, can... man? What happened to Florida? You know, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, I, I don't mean what happened to Florida, man. I mean, we know we the all. The guy who applied had these huge glasses and a big funny hat. We just didn't hire him. You know, we. Uh, um, do we have probably someone? Probably someone we know. No, there you go. <laughs> yeah, now, we're in Florida. We're in Florida, you guys. Just we're in Gainesville. I'm. Okay. Babyface is in Gainesville. I'm just outside. I Go could ahead, say we're also for when you talk about behind enemy lines, we are behind the Florida enemy lines. I'm in Gainesville. It's super liberal. Uh, the only place worse than this is probably Miami Dade. But yeah, yeah, and I'm just outside of Gainesville in free Florida. Um, you know, in a very conservative place where we never had to wear masks ever. We never yeah. got shut down. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, but when people hear New York, they think crazy liberal state. 
And mm-hmm. within 100 miles of New York City, yes, where we live here, it's Trump country. I mean, this is, this is conservative. If you look at the actual voting counties of New York State, like so many, it's tiny little pockets of six million people. You know, the city yeah. votes Democrat, but the rest of the state is very conservative. Unfortunately, that's, yeah. that's like Illinois, yeah. I think. Chicago is super, yeah. super blue, but surrounding Chicago is farmland. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we got a couple of questions. Swamp Dog Armory yep. wants to know if you have gunsmith openings. Well, <laughs> I mean, for employment? Yes. As, they, we don't you know what we don't do any gunsmithing yeah, we don't, don't actually guns. do anything with firearms other than we build really cool storage for fire really good storage for firearms and yeah. most of the guns in our videos that's my that's just that's my personal collection it's some you know the company we've got stuff we use for trade shows mm-hmm. um yeah and jade grew says do they have a hank 10 discount i don't know if they do, I don't know if you guys do any kind of discounts like that. Maybe we'll have to. We've got a huge promo out. running right now. Um, when we do a big military contract, right now we're building, I mean, it's an $8 million contract to build Okinawa. When we're running our big Model 84 reactors, they're normally very expensive. Very expensive to build one at a time, two at a time. We're building, you know, a thousand of them right now. We're overrunning that production by about five, four, five hundred cabinets, which we then offer to the public at a big oh. discount. But right oh. now, while supplies last, it's on our web. It's called like the Fourth of July promo, but those cabinets are on promo in a significant discount until we we just overrun it. People love those things. I mean, it's a military cabinet. It's yeah. not something. I call dibs. I'm gonna have to. I was looking at this before. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah. So that sale is on right now. Yeah, uh, if you go right uh, to our website, there's a bit. There's our Fourth of okay, July promo right now. And um, I didn't yeah, think about it. I mean, we, we didn't do a promo code for this show, but we, we, we've done them in the past. Yeah. Uh, we'll work that. I'm not trying to put any yeah. pressure on you. I know no, the folks no, we, out we there. Do, we, like we do stuff like that all the time. Yeah. I know these guys. And I'm, I'm going to ask this question. This is for me. Uh, do you guys have layaway? You know, I mean. What we what we've got is um, <laughs> right right now we've got no, um, a four payments over four months. We're right now implementing um, six months in one year, no interest. Um, we're working oh. out with the back end. Um, there's a lot involved in getting that set up, but that's that is supposed to be done, I believe, probably by the end of July. But we'll be offering those types of programs where it's um, kind of um, a car dealership. I'm showing the I'm showing did you say the model seventy eights are the ones? Oh, so that's usually fifteen hundred bucks and it's a it's that's a, uh, good, that's a good deal. Oh good sale. Yeah. I did look at these off? uh before. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Where's where's everything manufactured? Because I mean bending steel and everything, you have to have a plant somewhere, right? Is it all manufactured locally? Yeah, wait, do we lose do we lose uh Oh no! Where, oh wait, he I must. Have, we okay, we'll get we'll get him back. We'll get him back here. Get him back. Yeah, he uh he must have dropped out there for some for some reason. We'll get him back. Yeah, I was I didn't even realize Patrick. I'm looking you didn't at the, hang up on him, look, did you? No, I don't think so. I, I hope not. No, I don't think you so. Get him back. He probably had no. a computer issue. Yeah. Um, those are good conversation. Those lively those, already. Yeah, those uh those are cool cases. I've been looking at this stuff for a while, and I thought about putting something in my office. Yeah, we did it. It's weird how Tom wound up here on the show because we were trying to get in touch with them and we couldn't. And then their people reached out to us. But I have been looking at this stuff for a while. Yeah, it's really uh, it's really good stuff. Okay, here we go. I think we're getting him back here. 
Hey, what what happened, man? Did you hang up on us? Did we hang <laughs> up on you? I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. Oh, might be having internet issues. He's frozen. Yeah, he's frozen. He's still. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. He'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. Yeah, we'll we'll get him back. We'll get him back up here um, soon enough. Let's see. Can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. He must be having some sort of. Someone is down. Yeah. Are you there now? Yeah. Yeah, I've got you loud. loud. No, my uh, my laptop. I'm sitting here just talking, and it just turned off. Oh wow! (laughs) Yeah, I I was just looking. I was just salivating over the website. That's yeah. what I was looking at. Here, let me see if I could throw it back. <laughs> Sorry about it. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what happened. but uh, yeah. So, yeah, Hank those are the asking... military cabinets right there. So you're talking okay. about the Model 78s, right? Um, uh, what's that's, the... that's an ammo, that is an ammo cabinet. That is our, oh, this is an ammo. That's okay. The, what's, the, what's the big one yeah, that's on sale? Scroll, scroll down. Scroll down. These are all, this is all the promo page. Okay, those are right there. Those are Model 84 weapon racks. Oh, Model 84. Normally close to, oh, yeah, normally close to three grand. Wow. Down. They're almost... Almost eight hundred bucks off, seven hundred bucks off. Wow. Okay. That is what that's that's what is used in armories, U.S. military all over the world. Cool. Oh, oh boy. Each shelf will hold nine hundred pounds of gear. Uh, cabinets hold twenty four rifles and just a ton of stuff in there. Yeah. And think, yeah. Do you think Marley would let me use that as my everyday cabinet? I'll put all my, <laughs> you know, I'll get rid of my, I'll get rid of the dresser. I'll get rid of, and we'll just put like two well, of those in there. I'll, I'll tell you what, to, if, if a hunter, if a firearm enthusiast has good storage for everything they buy and it's never laying out, making a mess, all your hunting gear, all your gun stuff, if it's always put away, you can always buy more She'll be stuff. happy, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. right. Except it's yeah. once your volume of stuff exceeds your good storage, yeah. Then you got a problem. So I she's, find so, that if it's, so if it's problem, out of sight. The problem right now is she's relegated me to the garage and she doesn't ever see yeah. it. So it's all cool for her. So other than my right. office in the garage, it's all good. Yeah, Patrick. make what, more of a mess, it sounds like. What does my house look like? Just explain to, to the uninitiated what my house looks like. A disaster area. <laughs> As if a, a bomb, gun YouTuber. <laughs> if, if a oh, mortar came down full of firearms parts, uh, memorabilia <laughs> patches, guns went off in the Duff. the main area. That's Hank's yeah. house. Looks like a gun store blew up basically in my house oh, all God. the time. Makes Lola mad every day. I, I, I'm not saying so. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I think stuff like this is cool, and it, you know it's modular. What's the um? So in, let me see. I'm trying to look at here. So in terms of the of uh, the firearms cases here, what's the most affordable one? Um, like entry level. The, the, the Agile Model 52 okay, is our number one 52, seller. Let me see. Model. That's 52. an Agile. It's be, yeah, be an Agile cabinet. Oh, so um, it, yeah. Okay, so it's not okay. It's in uh, gun. It's safe. not part of the military stuff. It, that's a consumer design. Oh, it's the okay. same. It's, it's the exact same system we use in the Model 84. It's just a smaller. Modular. Right. Okay, here like, we go. Those right there. Yeah. Okay, agile cool. ultralight model. Okay. We make those as fast as we can, and uh, fifty-two. So that is light gun storage. You wouldn't call that a safe. I like this quad kit right here. Oh my god. That's, yeah, that's uh, that's what I've got right behind me. I've got a quad. I keep it at my oh. house. Um, oh. It, so, you so know, those it's backers, funny. You were saying you, 
you could use those backers in uh, you had a retrofit kit that would work in high school locker yeah. type things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, you keep you've used the word safe and say, well, this is a cabinet, not a safe. But to be fair to the gun safe industry or to throw them under the bus, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the gun sa- in the 1970s, they went to underwriters laboratory. UL does the does ratings for the insurance company. They were started by the insurance industry to give ratings to electronic components when electricity was first brought out to homes in the late 1800s. Insurance companies wanted to better understand what is the risk. So UL is a lab that tests electrical stuff. Well, they expanded that um, back in the late 1800s to rate safes. Because back then, gun safes were the only security banks had. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot of ratings for gun safes from TLs to Class A. Class, there's a whole lot of ratings. Gun safe industry in the 70s went to the to UL saying, you know, we've we've got these gun safes we designed. We need a rating for these. And UL gave them a rating, RSC. If you got a safe that's printed on a sticker on the door, Class RSC, which is Residential Security Container. The word safe is not part of the certification or classification. Because UL would not, well, they wouldn't let them use it because these did not meet the minimum standard to be called a safe. So, what is that Liberty Safe? What is it actually certified to block? One person for five minutes with a pry bar of less than 18 inches, a hammer of less than five pounds, and a small hand drill. That is a 1955 threat. Yeah, come modern, my phone. My modern, phone has more tech, more power than that right now. <laughs> so you come flash forward to modern tools, especially the modern carbide steel. Those modern carbide blades, they rip through this stuff like butter. I mean, they they. Yeah. I cut a 12 inch by 12 inch hole in the side of a safe. It took me 18 seconds to z- just to just Do to you- cut it off. So. So, so here's the thing. I wanna. I'm sorry for interrupting here. There's a whole bunch. Yeah. Of, I don't want to forget this because I have a bunch of pictures. And, and forgive me, it's raining. I'm in the van. Um, I do the podcast it's from the van. Very soothing. I can I can yeah. hear it slightly. It's very very yeah. soothing. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's not in the van down by the river, is it? Oh, I knew that that's was coming close. next. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, if you look here, that's what this is. That's what this port window is right here. This is in the van. So, um, so yeah, listen, I have these pictures. A friend of mine bought this safe, and this is an old, old safe. You'll see what I'm talking about here in a second. So check out this safe here that these guys bought. Um, I, I mean, this thing is ridiculously old and heavy. Uh, look at how big that thing is. The, the steel, they're actually going to have this whole thing repainted, which I think is like sacrilege. You know, this uh, they're gonna get rid of these this drawing and all that kind of stuff on it, the artwork that's on it. Um, but this is like an old like school. Art. Look at how look at look at the look at the door. Yeah, that thing's like art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying. I can't remember the year, but this is like an old old safe. Yeah, that's an old that's an old um, Heron. Um, there are several safe companies in New York City, and that's that's. Yeah. Um, look at the details. On that, yeah. I'm trying to see if I can find out. I don't know. But the actually, it's funny though. Those doors with those hinges, with modern tools, I'll have those doors off in just oh yeah, Yeah. a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah, this would unless I I didn't see that the bolt that the bolts were going out. If they do, then the hinges are only there to open the door. Like our true safe has. I mean, you can cut the hinges off, but the bolts are still engaged. So it's yeah, you can't pull the door forward. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to see, like, let's see. Fascinating. Where the, 
let's see where the bolts are on this thing. Okay, so here we go. This might be um, this might be a good uh, thing of the bolts. Yeah, so yeah. Well, they the got them on the top, there. and they've got them on the top. Yeah. So it's it's probably if you if you cut the hinges, you're not going to get those doors off. Yeah. I think this is a Dexter. Okay. It's, it's really really old. So my friend that bought this safe, he's actually going to have it completely cleaned and redone, which I thought was like sacrilege or whatever. He's like, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Is he going to have it repainted with yeah. the original look or just no. black? Well, no, I think he's just going like brand new shiny with it or something like that, you know? That, so, that hand drawing is, is classy looking on that. I would leave it just yeah. like that with the patina, but it would be a yeah. display place, a display thing. I wouldn't keep really yeah. anything, you know, well, in there. Well, you got to put it in concre on a concrete floor probably. Yeah. Yes, I don't oh, know yeah. where he's gonna put that. Yeah, that's gonna have to go. <laughs> that what, what has he figured out what that thing weighs? Because it has no. to be, it has to be crazy. No, that was over in a Mako shop, like you know, like a body shop. <laughs> yep. Yeah. He has well, a, if he's gonna if he's gonna paint it, you have to go to like a safe like that to do the job he wants. You gotta go to an auto body shop. Yeah. And if yeah, you've ever okay. seen when they in safe manufacturing, when they go to actually paint safes like Liberty, they're put they're they're bond, they're, they're coating them in Bondo, sanding them down just like you would a car. Mm -hmm. And then they shoot them. Yeah. So it's uh so let's see. Night Train says that's the kind of safe you see in cartoons falling on top of characters' heads. It it is. That's exactly yeah. what I thought <laughs> when I saw it. That's yeah. that's something that falls on a on a coyote. I think he said that safe has been here in this area in an old bank since like the 1800s or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's what it goes back to. They had to like cut it out <laughs> of yeah. the uh, of the place that was in. So he's got to make sure it goes through the uh, goes through the workings of the locking system. Yeah. Something that old it has somebody who really knows they're doing go through it because you don't want to lock that and have the. Uh, the lock fail because then oh, you're gonna, you'll get it open, but you're going to destroy yeah. it. Could you, yeah. Could you yeah. leave your Bitcoin you uh, paper receipts of your Bitcoin? That's in right. That's oh right. god! <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end. <laughs> you know. Um, so a bunch of things. Now I'm, I'm ignoring Armament and Axes here. Who, uh, if you can't tell from Armament and Axes, is a guitar guy. And oh, you, he, does he want to talk guitars? Yes, he is. Okay. He is crazy about these guitars. Well, let, be why don't you let us know what's behind you? Yeah, what's on the wall? All right. So, what I've got is a. Oh, uh, there's more. Even there's even more yes. hiding behind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a Tele and a Strat. Um, the black one is my shred guitar. That's a Schecter Research, just kind of a metalhead guitar. Mm -hmm. And then I've got my. Yeah, he's a guitar guy. Let me pull this out. Now you play, right? I take it you play. Yeah, yeah don't drop, don't drop, don't drop the guitar. No, no. Oh, look just, at the color. Yeah, look this at that a, paint job. Whoa. Oh, wow. This Paisley. is my Paisley, Paisley Telecaster. This is my yeah. go-to electric guitar. And uh, and then I've got two, um, um, they're custom made um, by George, the guy named uh, George Leach, uh, Phoenix acoustic guitars that are... Um, item custom made for myself i play most of the stuff that i do now if i'm playing is uh finger style solo acoustic stuff i don't do much of that anymore but uh did you were used you to. back back in the, uh, another life were you like a touring artist like how did you how did you make your money I play, off of guitar? i played in the east coast quite a bit um in okay. 19 i was i was a kid 1984 guitar player magazine did an article on me as like one of the top or best unknown guitar players what? 
Oh, and, cool. Uh, That's really cool. And then, uh, and then I moved to L.A. and uh, spent some time in L.A. playing. Did an instructional video. Um, was it, didn't have any band things going. I, you know, at that time, you know, Guns N' Roses wasn't signed yet. Poison was all over the place. It was, it was really crazy. Mm, the 80s. Um, oh, yeah. It was yeah. – uh, but I, I was working on a second video, and I really made a, a mistake in – I learned later in life in training – where I was working on a, uh, it was called it was a workout video for guitar to get really proficient and really build chops fast. Is approaching a guitar like you'd approach physical training, and it was a workout video. And I was working on this design and laying, putting this whole program together. I was working on it every day. Well, if you're a, if you're a trainer, if you're building and going to the gym, you know you work different muscle groups on different days, and you give yourself time to rest. And I didn't do that, and I got tendonitis so bad in my forearms. Um, I still I still deal with it today. I can't. I have a hard time riding a bike, um, and it just I got so much scar tissue built up in there that I can't play long enough to 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 play in a band. But you know what? At the end of the day, you know it was it was some tough years when the, that all was happening. But I look back at it now, and I hated the industry. I didn't like the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's cool being on a stage with like two marshall amps you know with a wall of sound behind you i mean that's mm-hmm. really cool but it's it gets old pretty quick and mm-hmm. i didn't like a lot of the people in that industry i mean the the professional side of it the executive side of it mm-hmm. just just ripping off musicians right and left yeah so once i got into business i started a i got a job telemarketing computer supplies it was the only thing i could get because i had no other skills did it for a few years and started a company in an apartment um, my office was a little cardboard box. And every morning, you know, get the box out. And there's leads and start making phone calls, selling stuff. And, uh, I, and I started, we built that company. I had two partners and built up to about 20 people, sold to a partner, went off on my own. And uh, I was much happier. I mean, I'm much happier doing what I'm doing now. I still play guitar <laughs> a lot. I still, you know, it's, uh, yeah. but. Uh, you know what? You I don't have to, to, you don't have to be famous to be an artist. I think sometimes we can yeah. find our happiness you know, I'm 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 not a musician like yourself, but I feel that way. I feel I feel like I'm an artist. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, where where I'm really at in all of this stuff. But yeah, it's tough to find happiness. Like I I grew up oh, yeah. in the, in the '80s in the hip hop thing, and it was just as yeah. bad. And lots of uh, very talented people got really badly taken advantage of, and yeah. uh, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it it really sucks. There's people saying if I could in any way convince you to play. Um, probably not tonight. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to push it. Yeah, you can't put I, uh, someone in the spotlight. It takes yeah, me I, a... Uh, hang on, hang on a second. Hang on. Yeah. I'm going to be very impressed because I'm not the type of musician that plays on spot. I can't do that. Yes. I mean, he was in a magazine, so... Yeah. I was in... <laughs> it's tough shit, man. You were in your bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, can you even hear that? Yes. Yeah, we got it. What do you guys want to hear? Whatever comes just, to your fingers. Yeah, just you riff. Go. Just riff. That's awesome. I could see myself sitting at a bar one night drinking beer while this plays when you play in the background. I, I would love it. Yeah. If you yeah. if you decide to run away from New York to Florida, man, we can get you a gig in, in multiple oh, God. bars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Yeah. I'll throw this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that, no, thank you very much for that. No, we appreciate it. I'll tell that. you what, it's, uh, you talk about, you don't have to be a famous to be an artist is this guitar is, is custom made and there's a hole in the top of the guitar, which is unusual because it's made for me. So I play it. I hear it. It's oh. uh, that's cool. Oh, that's okay. really cool. Yeah. I've never seen that before. I mean, that's what it's for. If it's your personal two yeah. play guitar. Yeah. You want to yeah. hear it. If you people don't yeah, smash can... those thumbs ups now for the live music <laughs> you just got, you bastards out there, yeah. I will reach no. through and wring your necks. Okay, <laughs> people need to uh, smash those thumbs ups right now. I think if you go to the most recent video on our YouTube channel, that's more of the music. I think that's the one. I did the music in the background. It's much more metal driven. Oh, okay. um, that's cool. So yeah. that's a... Uh, and uh, I don't do that very often. I just, you know, it's. Uh, I'm always surprised I, how many gun guys are also into guitars and stuff like that. There's quite it's, a few. You know, it's uh, it is. I've got my wall. It's not really set up. I've got, mm -hmm. but I can actually the cradle grid system mm -hmm. will hold guitars. And I've had it done where I've had like sniper rifles and guitars just just all decked out. Oh. That's the name of the band. That's the name sniper of the band. Rifles, sniper rifles and yeah. guitars. Well, that's, um, I've got a, my Instagram, which I really don't, I don't have time to do much, is guns, cars, and guitars. Oh, that's, cool. Those are the three things Aww, that I. That's awesome. Oh, wait, hold on. Should we go? Let's go. Let's go to. That's what by, everybody loves. By the way, um, so Appalachian Gunrunner wanted me to show this picture of a safety. Nice. Someone just, that looks like Somebody a. Somebody cut that open and dumped it. Yeah, it looks like a squirrel. A squirrel is living in there right now. <laughs> That's like a home for squirrels. Okay, so let's go to Instagram and check out uh, the stuff that you guys have. So first of all, um, let's see. Uh, well, my yeah. personal is guns, cars, and guitars. Secure it has an Instagram channel that they that okay, they throw guns, stuff up on. Guns, um, cars, and guitars. Guns, cars, and guitars is my is my personal Instagram, which I haven't posted on there in in quite a while it's got some cool cars it's uh um yeah if you walk into the back wait, end okay of it's my probably office, not this is it guns.cars.n guitars or is it guns cars and guitars like what's the Should so be, i've got i've got three of them here yeah. which one of these is it, it is the bottom one is it this one no no, no it's it not that the, one is it this one why is it my you know it's it's funny come no that's not uh Somebody's copying me. Holy shit. I mean, hang on. Let me pull uh, my Instagram. Find yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So like a smackdown on somebody. <laughs> That's right. Um, Let's see. I'm going to look under accounts. No, those are the only three that I see that come up. Guns, cars, and guitars. Um, is there an underscore? It's all one word. Guns. Oh, guns, cars, guitars. There's no oh, N. Oh, guns, cars, guitars. Okay. There's no N. Guns, cars, uh, now I gotta spell it right. Guitars. Well, I got my saber. I got a picture. Oh, of my right saber there. It's there. followed by secure it. So that's it. There you go. That's that's right it. There. I'm gonna follow you. I, there you go. I I recommend everyone go out there. Let's see what kind of stuff you got going on here. Hunting in the woods. That's that's, that, that's me last deer season with the AR-10. Oh, nice. Um, that's a sweet. Did you paint this yourself? The uh... no, that was um, that's one of our dealers, uh, Axe Tactical. They build all the uh, oh. tactical rifles for the uh, New York State, uh, a lot of sw the SWAT teams, and we did a, a kind of a barter, and they uh, they built that rifle with the custom paint. Oh, that's cool. Um, oh, look, this and, looks great right here too. Yeah, I got the uh, the guitar gun in there. Yeah, is that's, that what uh, that is? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> wow. That's badass right there. Yeah, yeah I, like I saw that. that in uh, okay, I see a Beetle. I see a Corvette. And is this a GTO? It's a Galaxy. Yeah, a Galaxy, Galaxy oh. unfortunately, unfortunately, is probably going to get parted out. We couldn't save that one. Oh, it's no. It's pretty rough. What year is the, it? That's a 67. The oh, Vet 67. is a 68. And that's my, I drive, that's my daily driver. That's what I drive oh, okay. in the summer. Yeah. And the bug is that's uh, my kids. My wife drives that. Yeah, when and we were when we were kids, my dad had a beetle like that. You're you're speaking all the right languages right here. Hank is a yeah. total car nerd. So yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, here's yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can, if you throw the this comes up on the camera. See if this works. This is my this is my warehouse right now. Does that come uh, up? Yeah, uh, go go yeah. left a little bit. Uh, is that what is that right there? Is that a Fiat? No. That is a uh, 1965 Sunbeam Tiger. Oh, a tiger! You know, I just, oh, I just, oh. Ju we just got it. It's uh, oh, been cool. fully restored. And then the one up on the lift is a '66 Ford Falcon, which is uh, my first car. When I moved to LA. I drove a '66 Ford Falcon for years. I built a hot rod out of it, so I found a '66. I'm rebuilding my original hot rod. Oh, sweet! As yeah, a, uh, yeah, a car guy. You know, I mean, yeah. There's the uh, yeah. It's uh, it's. You know what? You got to do stuff to keep yourself sane. Absolutely, yeah. So who are your favorite guitar guys? Who are your favorite guitar players out there, musicians um, out there? Historically going way back, I mean, you're not going to know these. Yurik Roth was the guitar player for uh, um, Scorpions before they were popular. That's I was in the Guitar Player Magazine article. I was compared to Yurik Roth. Adrian Vandenberg, which is only because I ripped off one of his one of his little solo sections in a demo tape I sent in. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I listen to such diverse music. Most of the stuff I listen to now is, uh, you know, I'll grab uh, um, just 60s mixed rock, 70s. My kids all grew up, you know, they, they're all born in the late 90s, early 2000s. We, we, they grew up on all, this, all the great, you know, Stones, um, from Stones to Earth, Wind & Fire, to just there's, there's so much mm -hmm. good music out there. Mm -hmm. um, I, was a metal, I was a total metalhead. Back mm -hmm. in the day, Priest, Maiden. Um, yeah, the 80s. You know, I played, oh yeah, I played in the Judas Priest Iron Maiden cover band for a couple of years. I was, I'll tell you what, yeah. man, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was. Who it, is it that did, uh, who, is, who did Hotel California? Was it the Eagles? Eagles, yeah. Yeah, yeah Eagles. that's yeah. one of my, I love that song. And that has some but there, there is, good guitar There's stuff. so much, I was listening to Creedence Clearwater today, driving home mm -hmm. uh, from my office, and uh, mm -hmm. Now my youngest son, he's just he's graduating high school this Saturday's graduation. Wow. He's, I mean, he listens to music from, uh, he goes from the '40s up until about about late '80s. It's yeah. about nice. his mix, but he does everything from Frank Sinatra up to just and whenever we drive, he just handles the playlist and he always mm -hmm. has like the right music for the right setting, right scene. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised at my kids' choice of music too. It's more eclectic than you would think. They're, they're not like yeah. a lot of kids nowadays, um, you know. And even the other day, you know, when DMX, who is a hip hop guy that I was a big fan of, when he passed, and I was listening to DMX, and my younger son was like, "Oh, I love that song." I was like, "What? You guys are <laughs> the old <laughs> school?" <You're> gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to remember they're they're and and I'm not too far off, but we're of the mm. generation where uh, music, any music is at the, the your fingertips mm -hmm. second mm -hmm. search away yeah. you know mm -hmm. you can listen yeah. to anything you want mm -hmm. well and it's what's lost is when i was a kid you'd buy the album and there was the hit mm -hmm. 
but the but the album quite often was written and recorded as a piece, like as a whole. Like the old Alice yeah. Cooper Alice mm-hmm. Cooper stuff. I mean, Welcome to My Nightmare is a story, and mm-hmm. the, the whole mm-hmm. thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd did that, and it was you you'd listen to the whole album, and now yes. it's all one song, one song, one song. It's like guys, you're really kind of missing. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the point of this you know yeah. mm-hmm. remember when people used to like like so let's say like i remember in new york when a friend of mine went to california and came back and brought back nwa and we'd never heard yeah. of it at that time in new york we were like what the hell is this you yep. know and then it that just was... like took off like fire and you used to have those days where you know kids will travel around and they bring back a, yep. you know, a whole album and you're sitting there listening to it now i don't know man i, I really... well when remember before the internet it was radio only, and the mm-hmm. radio didn't play metal. It didn't play it. So much music wasn't played on the radio. I'm not even sure how we knew what, what to get. But we always, there was always a buzz of like yeah. what albums are, are, you need to get this album. There were tons of concerts. I mean, back then, they'd, go, they'd do concert tours to sell records. And yeah. I grew up in between Buffalo and Rochester, so we'd go Thursday night to Rochester to see Van Halen. See him on Saturday night in Buffalo. Same thing with ACDC, mm-hmm. which was for all all the bands. We would just catch them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I remember and... growing up where. So, for example, like I went to Far Rockaway High School in New York, and in the eighties, I graduated in eighty eight. You, everyone was into everything. So some people, like yeah. I was more into hip hop, having just come to America, and this was a thing. But I grew up in like in reggae and calypso and all that, and and there was all kinds of music, and people introduced you to everything. Uh, I'm going to interrupt yeah. real quick and change yeah. topics. Mm-hmm. Tell me where the best garbage plate is. The oh. best. There's only Where's one the garbage, garbage plate. plate. So, there is only one garbage plate, and they try <laughs> to well, sue protect of... it. We're talking about Hank Nick doesn't, Hank, doesn't, Hank was from What's... the New York area. He doesn't know what a garbage plate. I, like, I worked no, with but, a guy from but, Rochester, so I know all about wait, it. Wait, wait, what Nick, is this? Explain this to me. Nick, Nick Tahoe's is a restaurant. There's two of them, actually, in Rochester. They had a meal called a garbage plate. And you pl- I'd be playing at the Penny Arcade, one of the bars there. You get done, you have kind of packaged. It's three in the morning. It's like you, you walk into this place, and a garbage plate was those beans, hot dog, two hot dogs sliced lengthwise, thrown on a plate, potato salad, Texas hot sauce over the whole thing. There was one other component to it. I don't know if it was corn. Were there or fries something. in it or something? And it was There's potatoes. It, you might have fries. And they threw it on a plate, fast, hard. Yeah. The beans were the beans were cold. The hot dogs yeah. were hot, Texas hot sauce, and it was a garbage plate. And at three uh-huh. in the morning, when you're tired and kind of just spent, it was it was good. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah never... it's, they're still there. It's yeah. the Rochester there. thing. I, oh, I, it's I only the Rochester that. thing. And I have a friend that, uh, that I used to work with that from Rochester, and we've talked about garbage plates before. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a tough. It was That's a cool. tough place for quite a few years. Um, mm-hmm. They had a big mix of people in there. The guys that worked there just looked like guys that would just flat out kill you if you got out of line. <laughs> you know, just, you just, you, you kind of kept your nose yeah. clean and just yeah. had your meal. Yeah. It was, it was a, yeah. But I gotta take my my kids have not been there yet, and uh, we gotta do ah. a trip over to to. Uh, you know what's funny? I still that. that's gotta be a New York thing. I uh, slice my hot dogs down the middle. That's how they're supposed to be sliced. You right also eat that pizza is, that without is. cheese on it, so that is, that you are correct. It, it is nice yeah. because they used to cook them faster, lengthwise mm-hmm. on a grill, fold them down. Oh, um, okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, you can yeah. eat the cheese off the pizza first. That's no, what you're supposed to do. That's weird. You are not eating real pizza if you can't pick the cheese off of that thing and eat it. I don't, I don't that's get not it. a pizza. I don't get it. 
It's not. It's yeah, not a pizza. It's, You're uh, not eating a pizza. You're um, eating uh, yeah. some, a slice of bread with with a cheese spread on it. <laughs> If your pizza has brie on it, you're not getting real pizza. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know about Rochester, but this is one of my pet peeves growing up in New York City. When I go someplace and they say they're like Italian and I go, OK, so what's up with the Zeppelis? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? Zeppelis? They don't know what Zeppelis are. I don't know if you if you, uh, you know, ze- so so if you don't know Zeppelis, they're basically Italian donuts. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, just we like, don't, we, we, this must yeah. be a city thing. Yeah, it's like fried dough. Mm-hmm. The same dough from the from the pizza goes in fried, and then it has like powdered sugar on it. Sugar on it. Zeppelis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the one from uh, from the French Quarter? It's the same same thing as from French. Uh, Quarter. beignets. But it's like beignets, right? Yeah, it's like Louisiana beignets. Yeah, except it's better. But I guess pizza dough. It's pizza dough. It's of course, better. it's better. It's, it's way, New York. Yeah, it's way better. It's way better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, were you? Did you grow up right in the city, or? Yeah, I grew up in Far Rockaway. So okay. that's like, uh, so that's Queens. I grew up in Queens, but okay. I, I've okay. lived in Brooklyn. I've lived in the Bronx. You know, my I've son was in over. the just. My son graduated just this year from uh, Fordham University in the Bronx. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. He's, uh, many, yeah. many, many trips there. Yeah, I lived in Castle Hill in the Bronx at one time, you know, okay. I've done, done, done some things. <laughs> That's where Jenny from the block, the J-Lo's from that area. That's right. You know? um, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I miss New York sometimes, but honestly, you know, I, when I go back to New York, the only thing I like about New York is the food. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The, I, 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 I can't I deal I'm with done, stuff I'm kind of done with the city. I yeah. just, I've been there enough. I lived in L.A. for a long time, like, you know. I like I like smaller towns. I, I like being outdoors in the wilderness much yeah. more than so. Um, so you lived latte. you lived in L.A. You live in New York State. What is it that you like so much about communism and socialism? What are you going to come to a free state, bro? <laughs> it's, I told my wife that I said at some point in my life I want to live in a place where. I actually have some level of agreement with what the what the government mm-hmm. is doing. And it's uh, the mm-hmm. the problem with both the states is if you take the five miles from the ocean and just get rid of that as a voting block, California's conservative. We actually sell more gun cabinets to California than any other state. Really, uh, Texas is I think Texas is number two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the rest of our sales kind of follow gun ownership patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's, I moved back to New York only. I had three little kids. And my wife has a huge family. I've got family here. We just wanted to raise our kids close to family. Yeah. And you make the sacrifice. I'll tell you what. I live in the Finger Lakes area. I live on a little lake called Casanova Lake. And in the summer, there's it's just gorgeous here. Yeah. Have it's, you guys ever thought of seceding from New York? You know, just leaving New York. Our little York island. Yeah. <laughs> they have talked about cutting the state, um, cutting off New York and Westchester, you know, around the city as a separate state. There's been they, It'll never happen. It's been mm-hmm. talked about a lot mm-hmm. because the politics of New York City are driving the state. And I don't disagree with the politics of New York for New Yorkers. Because one of the things I look at, you know, we look at rural communities tend to be conservative, urban tend to be liberal. And my take on that is if you live in a big city and the shit hits the fan, things are bad. Only the government is big enough to come in and help. When you live in a rural community and something bad happens, only your neighbors are there. Mm-hmm. You have to rely on each other. Yeah. The but, you're, but you're good, though. In, if, if, if it's not right, the end of the world, right. you're good. Yeah. 
Right, but that's the. But I think that drives the voting because the people in big cities want a strong government that does everything. Because, you know, it's they don't know their neighbors. It's too transit. They don't trust their neighbors. In my little town, if you know, if there's an issue, we're all there. Everybody's helping out because it's a small community. Yeah. So I just I, I think I it's a mindset difference. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. like being elbow to elbow with people. Like I prefer the lifestyle where yeah. I got five yeah. acres, ten acres. And- if you, I've, I know very few people who leave a place like New York City and can go back. I can't go back, and and I lived there yeah. from um, 1983. I was probably visiting there from like 1979 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I lived there until when, when did we live there? Till like 1998, 99, something. You know, then we moved to New Jersey, which was <laughs> worse. <laughs> you moved yeah. to Jersey. What exit? Yeah, Jersey. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah Rawway. <laughs> I think it's 12, <laughs> if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, but we, I mean, it, it was kind of worse. My kids, both of my sons were born. You said uh, Frank Sinatra. Both of my kids were born in Hoboken in St. Mary's. Yep. Same hospital as uh, Frank Sinatra. I tell them that all the time. Um, I'm sure by now they've listened to some of the music. Uh, but you know, I found I found New Jersey to actually be worse than New York, and I had to get out of there. And I've yeah. never regretted uh, coming to Florida. Except, well, you know, we first came to West Palm Beach, which everyone from New York was living there. <laughs> yeah, and I had to get out of that place because that's the worst part, right? People people leave New York with all, it's still happening now, and then they come to Florida and they bring the same nonsense that we're all running away from yeah. over there. They've got they've got more baggage than just clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it was terrible. What did it for me was I I went to vote one day and I turned around and there was a girl I went to high school with standing behind me in the line. And I was happy to see her and everything. But after that, I told Lola, I got to get out of (laughs) here. That's uh, it for me. (laughs) You know, so there's a I like to be, you know, driving distance to what you need to get to. You know, it's it's it's. Mm-hmm. You want to live in an area where you're never more than 30 minutes from from stuff, from where you want mm-hmm. from, from almost anything you need. Mm-hmm. That's exactly you know, it's, it. it's we got good stores here. If I gotta get some crazy part, if I've got a, I'm looking for crazy ammo, or I can't find ammo, but within mm-hmm. 30 minutes of a circle around me, I can find anything. But uh, was it? Uh, 6.5 Creed more. It's the only thing I can't buy right now. You can't get 6.5 Creed more. Okay, listen, I, I got I got a deal I for you. I, you. Now, how, how much is this six five creed more worth to you? Because I need I need <laughs> Hank a secure. Has a boatload of it, I, yeah, so. I need to secure it safe, and I can hook you okay. up. I can, you know. See what what uh, we'll work. All right, I'll send you. Though. Um, actually, what? No, I'll you send really you. I'll send gold. you some. I'll send you some ammo, man. If you you know. The, I, um, mm-hmm. I can use small rifle primers. I like to build. Um, oh, you, you I mean, precision rifles. Yeah, I yeah. like to build my own ammo and. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I missed, I, I missed it. I wasn't paying attention. And I said, wow, ammo's going to get really tight. Ammo. And it didn't occur to me what's driving it. It was Nosler. Mm-hmm. It was, the, it was, I mean, the primers. That, that, those are the things that were driving the ammo shortage. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm just like, I'm not going to worry about it because I'll just make my own anyhow. Yeah. You've and got then I go fr- and you've- get some primers. And <laughs> just like, no. I, I, I've been primerless for the better part of, what, six or eight months now. I yeah. ran out yeah. of all my primers, and now I'm like, right. Everything <laughs> <laughs> right, and I think you I've guys got just got in. But... You guys just got into reloading, right? Because I think I saw that uh, on some video I was watching for you, with you, where you said you just because you've got a yeah. You got a I started reloading. Um, 
year and a half ago. Yeah, okay. two years ago maybe. Mm-hmm. And the, but I'm, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a master. I just I like the process. I love the mm-hmm. precision of of really mm-hmm. dialing in precision rounds. Mm-hmm. And I like the long range shoot. I don't get out to shoot much, mm-hmm. um, as much as I'd like to. And it's mm-hmm. uh, and that's on me. I need I need to stop sometimes and just. I mean, I love it's what hard. I do, but it's I hard. Just, you go, 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 and you don't really. Yeah. You realize after six months, you're like, I haven't just taken some time to go have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, mean, I, can tell you I do take time to have fun, but I'm just not going to the range. Well, a, when yeah. ammo's tight, it's it's hard to justify. That's, that's a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to go to go to the range and shoot twenty rounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. It's if I'm gonna go to the range, we're gonna we're gonna do a range day, and we're gonna set some stuff up. We're gonna do you know from some training drills, some fun stuff, from, and just and take your time. Ma- yeah, make a yeah. day of it. Make you know, have fun. Now we are doing a company uh, sporting clays course here. Oh, and, that's uh, end, of ju- end of July. Yeah, that's we've got a great uh, Vernon National has a great course, and I'm bringing everybody from all of our remote people. Everybody's coming into Casnovia. Uh, we rented mm-hmm. all the rooms at his hotel at the end of the lake. I like the name of this place, Casanovia. Casanovia sounds so fancy. I think, I think I'm going up there with this van. I'm going to put this van in go. Casanovia, <laughs> you know, and then see how many of these secure it, uh, you know. Um, Things you can fit in there? Yeah, how many can I get well, into the, the van? The, you know, uh, How many cabinets? Agile, <laughs> you get a lot. The Agile cabinet ships flat, you assemble it. And oh, there you it's go. A patented, it's, like, it's a patented process. It's like Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. And I'm, I am going to show some stuff. So here, by the way, here's the um, here's the Instagram for, for you folks out there. If you want to check this out, you go and uh, follow the Instagram. Did the um, did this whole this whole sales boom or whatever it is that happened here? Did this creep up on you guys? Did it affect you the same way? How did it? Uh, we're we're, we're very busy. Um and what, what really happened was our messaging on decentralized storage, the idea of break up your gun safe, store your guns in a manner that gives you a tactical advantage. That message just took off. And mm-hmm. we've, we've sold a lot of product. Now, the, 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 when you look at gun sales, though, handguns are the bulk of all these first-time buyers are buying handguns. And we, we do not make a specific handgun solution. Our fast box holds handguns, very fast access. You can put them in our other cabinets. You know, we were always of this mindset, we're not going to make a copy product. If we don't have something innovative and different, let's not, I'm, I'm not making something just because, you know, somebody with a, with a spreadsheet says, Tom, you need, you need a $279 product. You got a hole in your, you know, there's all this bullshit that they pull out. Mm-hmm. However, we do have a develop, we've developed the design for a new, innovative, very different way to store handguns. Not, it's not, radically different way to store them but a more flexible way um, i'm not going to go into a lot of details on it we're, we're hoping to launch it at shot mm. um we ran into a snag we, we wanted to launch it this year in fact we wanted to launch it in january february and there were some some things we just didn't know how to do we made a i mean i made a mistake of developing the stuff i knew i, I knew we knew how to do we developed a bunch of components and the one piece that we weren't sure of but we thought we could do it we did that last. It ended up we were mm. – our hypothesis, our beliefs were all wrong. And so okay. what we wanted to do was never going to work. So it's okay, what could work? Well, if we did this, now it works. But all the development work you just did, none of Flushed. that's going to work with it. So we, we wasted a bunch of time. We learned a lot. And I was mm. – you know, I tell the people that work for me. Um, then it's, it's not a loss though. If, no, it, you it's, know, fa- it's not a loss. fail fast. Yeah. I just tell them, fail fast. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. move fast, and learn fast. And I always tell everybody in my company, speed trumps accuracy in business. And I was the analogy, you're driving on a street going 60 miles an hour, and you come to a fork in the road. You're unsure, and you're driving. You don't stop. Yeah, and cause 50, a rear 50. You, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, right. You drive and then you evaluate. Maybe your GPS says you're going, whatever it is, you say, you know what? I think I'm going the wrong way. And you course correct mm-hmm. and get back mm-hmm. on track. But it's mm-hmm. far better to do that than to stop. So we I tell everybody that we move fast, fail fast, learn. And there's nothing wrong with failing as long as you can learn something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our company is very successful, but. I guarantee I failed more than most people. I mean, we've, we've screwed a lot of stuff up getting where we getting where we are. Fix that though. You have yeah to figure things you out. Do. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the other the other piece mm-hmm. is what I tell everybody, and people should you know, teach kids this stuff. Is you know we went remote, and I got other business guys telling me, Tom, how do you how do you know if they're working? You know, you're paying these guys to work eight hours a day. How do you know if they're only working four? I said I don't care. He looks at me, and goes, I don't care. He goes, what do you mean you don't care? I said I'm not paying them to work. I'm paying for results. Mm-hmm. Produce the results, and that's what I'm paying. And that's what mm-hmm. kids don't get that now. Is you're you're not being paid to work. You're being. I mean, you're working, but you're being paid for a result. Unless you're a somebody whose job it is to sit in a chair for eight hours and look at a screen, you're being paid to be there. That's different. But in our organization, and we're very good at tracking accountability, tracking how we get milestones, how things are getting done. And mm-hmm. uh, we went remote, and our productivity went up. So, okay. it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a uh, good thing. Uh, I, I think that's a very good thing that you said. Absolutely. It's the results that matter. You know, um, Appalachian yeah. Gun Runner wants to know if the COVID material shortages have hurt you guys any. Price, not I mean, stealing, increase, no. price increases. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually been pretty insulated from it. Our military products We've seen some price increases. Some of the plastics that we use in our storage bins, um, steel has certainly gone up. Um, we, what we're, we're we're absorbing a lot of it, and you know we sell a product that makes people more secure, it makes people better prepared, and we just don't want to say, guys, guess what? We're raising our prices, you know, fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. The offset. We're, just, we're 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 taking a little bit of a haircut with the hope that it's going to go back down. And uh, we're, we're, we made the decision to just to stay the course. We are we're finding efficiencies in other ways that we do things. Um, we're not getting caught in the shortage, though. Our our procurement side of our business is really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I see so where, far. I, I'm sorry. I yeah, see we're, we're buffering a well, little bit here. So don't um, I know I see some folks. I don't know if it has to do with the rain or whatever. We should be good. Uh, if Lola can hear me, I'm, I'm checking the, our yep, internet. I just stuff. had my uh, yeah. I had a, a shade over a light I used just oh. <laughs> fell off. It's kind of funny. So all of a sudden, I'm going to yeah. be hot here. Yeah. Um, and I see Ray Bazzolo said this always happens around 825. So I'm literally on um, different phone devices here for the for the broadband. But I think we should be good. I mean, I went to a okay. device that should have uh, stuff on it. And I could still hear you guys and see you guys. But maybe there's I've, a little I've buffering got, going on. Yeah, I've got wall-to-wall um, connection right now. Yeah. So mine looks good. Patrick, are you good? Yeah, it's, it's a little buffered, but it'll, it'll come back. Yeah. There's probably something going on. Um, you know, so we'll, if, if something happens, we'll all still be back here. We still got time to talk. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll overcome and adapt to, uh, anything, (laughs) anything that happens. My lighting now, the, uh, I guess it's better this way. I'm trying to figure out my, uh, my lighting. I've got a, some lights in here. One of my one of my 
you know, you have those little shade things, diffusers, just um, mm-hmm. just broke off. It. <laughs> yeah. Things always um, happen. Oh, yeah. yeah, Richard Maunder from England. Shout out yeah. to Richard Maunder if he can hear us. He says Biden droned the candy van. <laughs> um, and Swamp Dog says we came back for a sec, so um, just let us know if we're if we're starting to come back in there to you guys. I could still see everyone, and I know definitely something happened here, but I don't think. Here, let me even let me check while we're doing this. Let me check my. Uh, yeah. Let me do a quick speed test. And see what's going on here. See if there's any worries. Okay, did you have some questions, Patrick? No, no, we've covered pretty much everything. It was it was interesting. Yeah, um, I I think this has been a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you were mentioning um, something new you guys are coming out with. How quickly or how, you know, how much do you guys come out with new stuff? I guess is the the best way to say it. Are you um, every year coming out with something new or? We- well, we come out with something when we have something new, and we don't design product. We don't do any – none of the work we do with the military is – we're not designing – it's not like the car industry where every year we need a new model. If we've got something that works and addresses a need, we keep it. And um, we're, right now we're investing in some new technologies to um, – you know, get better locking, better technology solutions in locking, um, incorporate app-based phones. So if you're traveling and someone's at your house, you could grant access to your safe for somebody else who has a phone and through a uh, internet Wi-Fi, like their internet-enabled locking solutions. We're looking at those. There's a lot of companies doing, um, like the biometrics, we will never touch that. It's uh, it's a horrible solution for for a defensive firearm. If you know, we yeah. call this never, never fail technology. It, it can't fail. And biometrics, your fingers wet doesn't open. Dirty doesn't open. You're wearing gloves, it doesn't open. There's so many problems with this technology. We see a lot of safes using it. We never will. Um, RFID's got, we're looking at that. Um, it's got some interesting capabilities. I don't like how it's being used right now. In fact, I'll call out Rapid Safe. Hornaday is making a colossal mistake. I hope they fix it. Um, okay. They've got little, you little button tags for the safe, and they open the safe. And they've got Hornaday Rapid Safe written on the tag. So if you've got that tag on your car key sitting next to your, your back door of your house, somebody breaks in, or somebody's at your house and wants it, you know, being a, they get a hold of your keys and they see that little fob. Well, they know you've got one, and they've got the gizmo to open it. So mm-hmm. I'd like to, you know, request of those guys take that little fob and just make it look like a grocery store barcode scan thing you know you get the discount stores don't make it don't put your name on it don't advertise that there's a hornaday safe in this house and this is the key (laughs) to open it it's just crazy it's there's a lot of common sense that seems uncommon in firearm storage um yeah so we go getting back to your point though we are investing in technology right now where handgun storage is a big push for us yeah. Um, if uh, I don't know, I think we're I think I'm still getting things that are buffering. Let me let me just tell these folks out here. I might have to switch devices. If I lose you okay. guys, just dial back in. Um, let me see. Let me say, give us a second here. Uh, I may have to switch over to a different device because for some reason, this one is not giving us any kind of bandwidth here. Uh, my apologies, Lola. Um, is another device on I could switch to? There, there is. Okay. Is it the phone? Yep, I'm putting it on for you now. Okay. Give me a moment. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys can hear us, just give me a second here. I'm probably going to have to switch over. So if I lose you guys, just, just dial right back in and we should be good here. Uh, I'm waiting to see that device, Lola. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. Hold on a second here. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm waiting for it to, it's not popping up on this, on my list of choices yet here. But, um, yeah, for some reason, da -da -da. come on. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a little bit crazy. I was pretty sure this had uh this had some good bandwidth on it before we got into all of this. Okay, here we go. We might I might lose you guys. Let's see if we could do this real quick here. Is everyone still there? No, lost them. All right. Um you, you hit 30 gigs on that iPad. Yeah, I don't know how. Where was it when we started? It was at 18 when we started. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's see, you guys, uh, we should be feeding through here a little bit better. Let's see if the guys, uh, can see me right now. Yeah, I can still see, uh, I can still see stuff popping in. I think we lost Patrick and Tom, but we'll probably get him back here real quick. Um, here we go. Yep. I got the guys joining back. So let's see. All right. Sorry about that, guys. This looks way better. <laughs> oh boy. There you go. Yeah, where did Patrick just go? Oh, okay. I think Patrick is going to try to dial back in again. Here we go. Yeah, my apologies for that. I don't know. For some reason, I burned through 15 gig 15 gigabytes already, if you can believe that. I'll stop looking oh. at all the the crazy stuff on the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not really I'll sure. Stop using that internet. Yeah. Michael Avon says Hank needs an extension cord. So where were like where did we leave off? We were talking about uh, the, yes. the pricing and whatnot and yeah. technology. Yeah. What yeah. We're doing oh yeah. So you said biomet but, biometrics are not the answer in your opinion? No, they're horrible. I would never. I would. I would never use a safe. If you're if if somebody's in your house and they're shooting at you, it's mm -hmm. you need something that's never failed. Biometrics. The failure rate on biometrics is is huge in that your finger has to be clean, dry. Um, if you recently cut your finger, you've got a scar. I mean, there's so many things that make them not open. And it's just dumb. It's, now, our locking yeah, solutions right now are all push-button simple solutions, but we look mm -hmm. at home storage. You go to the range, you practice shooting, you practice being proficient with your firearms. Every night I go to bed, if you've got a fast box under your bed, for the, our instructions, first 30 days or 35 days, every night you go to bed, turn the lights off, reach down, in the dark, do your combination by memory. You're building muscle memory. And then after 35 days or so, then do it about once a week, once every two weeks. So at that point, though, if somebody breaks in and there's gunfire in your home, things are going zero to 60 like crazy. It's just going nuts. You're still, because you've done it so much, calmly cool. You're going to open this up in mm. two and a half seconds or less. You're going to have a firearm behind your bed, point at the door. And, uh, you know, yeah. that's how you got to I mean, home defense storage access has to be part of a home defense training program or else you're you know you're gonna be one of those guys that is so proficient but you never you never got to it you didn't get to the gun in time so let and, me uh, um let me ask you this because i kind of know the answer to this um are you still um do you still not believe in like uh home carrying and by what by by that i mean like actually oh, no, carrying I, firearm I, on you if people, I mean, that's the safest thing you can do. Oh, okay. It's most people, though, most people come home and mm -hmm. that's their, 
That's their safe. That's their home. The mm-hmm. first thing I see, I know a lot of guys who are extremely capable. They're instructors. They're, they, I mean, these guys are, these are the guys. And the first thing they do is they disarm themselves because they are home. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, I mean, the safest thing you can do is get up in the morning, put on a con. I mean, that's, yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> but most, yeah. People, I, most people don't. And again, if I felt I had to, I'd probably think about living somewhere else. This is me personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people don't have the option. It's, uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm no, not, it's, I don't believe in like forcing people to do it. Um, I no. think like I, I always carry, I've got something on me now. I have something lightweight, you know, I can have it on with my, with my sweats. I don't even really notice yeah. it. You know, it's on yeah. my body. It's a lot easy. It's just faster to get back to than safe or yeah. this stash point or whatever. And then I can control it. And and I live out in the boonies, and um, I, I don't know. I would say I'm pretty safe here, but I still lock my door. You know, no, and, it's, yeah. It's and every now and then, someone will come knocking on that door that they jumped over my fence. It's happened a couple of times, and I'm like, wow, you you must be crazy, yeah. you know, to jump over my fence or force my fence open and come here and you know bang on my door like you're the cops or something like yeah. that. You know, and cops no. won't even do that around here where I live. Yeah. No, it's not yeah. for me personally. Um, I'm an AR-15 home defense guy. I that's okay. that's the rifle that I, I keep those quick access. I'm proficient with it. It's mm-hmm. a, I'm not a big handgun guy, and that just I just don't shoot a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I'm more comfortable. It's I for me a handgun you use to fight your way to your rifle, mm-hmm. or as a backup if yeah, your rifle jams. Sure. But it's uh, you know a a magazine of certain caliber and size that maybe New York doesn't want me to have should be in the game. We got that bullshit here, but, um, yeah, which I lost all mine in a fishing accident. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How Um, is it? How is it for uh, you guys? How is it for you guys upstate New York? Every time this, this nonsense comes in, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's BS. And, you know, it, it was interesting, though, is the, the, the SAFE Act in New York State, I'm hoping that eventually it gets found to be unconstitutional, but it's, it's designed to, to, to just to keep people from wanting to own a gun, just trying to curb yeah. gun ownership. But the, the police aren't enforcing around here. They, I mean, they truly say, Tom, you know, you can bring you onto the range. I'm not going to hassle you. What's mm-hmm. happening, though, is if they, if they arrest somebody on a drug charge, which is no longer a felony in most of them, but they've got a illegal gun. They've got a thirty-round mag in their car. That's a felony. They can hold over them mm-hmm. to get more inf- to get them to talk and get them yep. to open up on what's going on with the drugs and get them to roll on other people. So that's how I see the laws being used. Um, it's my hope that eventually this thing goes away because it just doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But there's a lot of weird things going on. Like I was listening to, um, I was listening to Biden, and then who's the attorney general that was out there with him? I can't. Mayor like, Garland. Is that who that is? Like a little sniveling Garland kind of is guy. The attorney general. Yeah. 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 Glasses. Yeah, and they're saying that you know the problem here is these uh, these gun dealers, you know, and then at the same I, time, I I, at the same time they're saying it's only five percent of the dealers. And even Lola asked me this question, like, okay. So if the problem's the gun dealers and it's only 5% of the guys who are the problem, how come you don't know who they are and deal with it? If there's if there's actually well, it, like yeah. FFLs out there selling guns to bad guys. Absolutely. They they could nail it, but it's interesting. I saw the news tonight and I'm not a I don't 
I, I recently bought a TV. I haven't owned one for 15 years. I don't. I just never watch TV. I was, I was at my mom's house, and she had the TV on. And the news story, though, is, you know, they admit, you know, Biden's trying to come up with a solution because gun violence is on the, is, is 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 seeing a steep rise, and that's bullshit. It's not. It's violence mm-hmm. is seeing a steep rise. Assaults are. I mean, everything is up. Is, are, are gun violence up? Yes, it's up. But there's other. There's other forms of violence that have risen a lot more than gun violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Larceny, yeah. petty, all there's, you know, what's going on in these cities is not gun violence, it's violence and it's crime and it's going through the roof. But yeah. this it's, whole it's thing not, is being it's driven not coming by from anyone. It, it, no one driving this, the problem that we're seeing, gives a damn about any laws that are made. These are not law abiding no, people. Their goal doing is to, right. The, the goal of doing this whole narrative, and it's, it sure looks like the media is working with the current administration to, to drive these points, is that we have a gun problem in America that will be solved by laws that limit people's rights to own guns. But I think they've, got, I think they've shot themselves in the foot because last year when Minneapolis and Portland and the cities were on fire – and the, and the local governments were saying, defund police. You had a lot of liberals. They grew up with this idea that only the government, only police should have guns. That's the safest way. Mm-hmm. Well, they looked out their condo windows and saw the streets in riots. And the police, they're talking about getting rid of the police. And for the first time in their lives, they're like, you know what? It's on me. If these guys come up the stairs right now up to my, up to my condo on the second floor – I've got nothing. And when you look at mm-hmm. all the gun buying that went on last year, um, was mm-hmm. it um, Delaware had the steepest incline, steepest growth rate of gun buying. I looked at that. That may have changed now, but that's the state with the lowest gun ownership in the country. They had the biggest rise. So you've got non-gun owners, anti-gun people out there buying their first guns. And some of them were shocked that they lived in states or cities where they had to wait yeah. Weeks to get there. That, and like the riots going on me. now. Yeah. It was. So I think that a lot of the, the the administration, the politicians are still beating that drum, but I think a lot of former anti gun liberals, they're still liberals, they're still nuts, but I think that they like having their firearm. It's it's a it, so, it's a losing battle. It is not it is it's it not is. something that they're winning at the moment, especially after last and, summer with everything going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, the data, you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, look, the data does, doesn't support it. You know? Yeah, yeah if, absolutely. If you look at Delaware, like my brother lives in Delaware. Do you know to have a CCW in Delaware, you have to uh, public, you have to publish it in the newspaper, so that your neighbors can see that you plan to have a CCW or concealed really? weapons yeah. permit. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of craziness that's going on in in Delaware, and you can have guns there and stuff like that. And there are a lot of right. people who leave New York and and go to Delaware. Um, so that they can have guns. But yeah, you know, most people didn't understand this until they started showing up at the gun stores and going, wait a second, you're telling me I have I to do a I background check? I thought I could just buy it on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, um, the, it's, yeah, the information, the misinformation is bad. The actual, I've, I've spoke on this, I've written on it, on the actual, the statistics of actual gun violence is, does not support the position of the far left. It just doesn't. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, normally, I think the data, I think the data wins. I think America is at a point now where the people that just want to be left alone, we, liberals have pissed them off now. They're, they're starting to get involved. And mm-hmm. there's a huge 
population within this country that just wants to be left. They just want to live their lives. And yeah. now they're getting so much stuff jammed down their throats that they're starting to stand up and say, you know what, this is crap. Well, they're and, going they're going too far, right? Uh, what's this? Uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Critical race theory is pissing That's off a lot of people, right now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, including was, black people. <laughs> I, I read I read through that what that was all about. And I look at it and it is critical race theory. The actual what it is, is in my opinion, it's the epitome of racism. It's, it's absolutely. It's, yeah. They're telling African Americans, "Look, you can't make it here because of us. It's not us. But don't worry, we'll change because we're the, we're white people. We're going to change so that you can be okay." Is that not slavery? Is that I, not you saying that you? It's up to us, and we'll take care of it. Yeah, you're our crazy. pets. You're our pets. I'm going to tell you how yeah. crazy critical race theory is in a nutshell. To me, it's as batshit crazy as Kwanzaa. Okay, I've lived in Nigeria, in West Africa. My wife is from Ghana. Okay, also African country. She has no idea what Kwanzaa is. It's just some made-up bullshit. Okay. Yep. And and critical race theory is the same damn thing. It is. It was come up part of the uh, was it deconstructionism that the whole tearing down it's tearing down society so you can rebuild it Mm -hmm. in the you know the correct way where. The ruling elite, who knows better, will take care of everybody. Oh, just, that that that's the thing that gets to me. I remember, scary. yeah, I remember looking. I think it was Django that Quentin Tarantino did, and it's where I stopped being able to watch Quentin, Quentin Tarantino movies. Um, yeah, you know, in there, Django was a slave, and this this white dude in there believes that he freed him, so he's responsible for him, and that just made my brain explode. Yeah. You know, but it's yeah. what a lot of people think. We freed you, so now we, we, we feel responsible for you. No, every man is responsible for themselves. Every man mm-hmm. has to get up every day and fight. A white man, black man, a woman, whatever yep. you are, whatever you believe in, you have to get up every day and fight for freedom. And if you believe this bullshit, these people are trying to shovel down your throats. They're enslaving yeah. you. That's what they're up to. Absolutely. Why, why don't they teach in history... The story of Sarah Breedlove. You know who she is. Mm-hmm. Sarah, Sarah no. Breedlove is is she's the first female self-made millionaire in American history. Hmm. She was an African American in the 1800s at a time when there was there was institutional racism in this country, and she became the first self-made female millionaire. She became if you could convert it to a modern dollars with inflation, she was probably a billionaire, hundreds of millions of dollars. She made hair care products. CJ is a CJ Walker. The company still exists. Oh, hair Sarah care Breedlove. Sarah Africa. Breedlove. Okay. Yeah. Something and she be- moved to New York, became a philanthropist, gave away millions. Was an amazing lady. Oh, this and is here's cool. somebody. Yeah, who grew? Here's somebody. Here's a role model for, for African American women. But they don't teach this story. All they teach is oppression, slavery. They teach all the negative that you that it's all about control. That's the story that they should be teaching the kids. In high schools, in, in grade schools, as a as an American hero. Wow. Okay, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into that. Yeah, there's. Listen, nothing. No part of history has been perfect, right? The the no. we're striving for for perfection. We're trying to be better. We are being better. And you know, there was a period of time there where we were getting better. <laughs> yeah. We were actually I th- I think, figuring I think, out how to deal with each other. I think people are. I think the government and the media is is just trying to drive these wedges in for some cause, some some reason, 
But, you know, I travel all over the country. I still travel a lot. And ever I go, regardless of where I am with the city, rural, if somebody stumbles and falls, the guy next to him helps them, regardless of race, color, gender. It's just it's it's our nature. If the person next to us is struggling, we reach over and we help them. And mm-hmm. I, it's it's that's kind of who we are. And the, I think this whole narrative eventually kind of implodes on itself. Um, yeah. I think the Olympics are going to be a drive and they just came out. And they're allowing a a guy who is a man I'm already who putting my, competed. I'm already putting my face over. Yeah. Yeah. He competed t- as a man in weightlifting, and now he identifies as a woman. You, He's going to set every Olympic record as a woman. Did, I'm boycotting the whole damn thing. I'm, I'm not going to be any part guys, of it. I'm not going to watch. Did you guys see the, the Louder with Crowder bit? It was either this morning or yesterday talking about the – uh, testosterone levels of that uh, that fine young lady, uh, and how so the, the <laughs> how is this fair? Is how is this have... fair to women? How is this fair to women? I know. Well, this is a, you this is the have... thing that's going to implode it. The, yeah, this is disenfranchising women. Are... Women, women. It right. makes no sense. But yeah. the people who normally would be fighting the hardest for women's rights are also the people behind this. And they're, they're going to go in an ever-diminishing circle until their head goes up their ass. And they're, they're, it's, I don't get it. Yeah, it, no. it doesn't make any sense. The crazy no. one. And you um, know what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I say is it, they, they, they always talk about, but it's not fair. I'm just like, you know what? We'd like the world to be like, fair, but the world isn't fair. The world is what the world know. is. And we all move through it. And and we're we not the same. Evaluations. and Right. And and. Some people struggle more than others, but you know what? It's it's the struggle. I mean, I, I was I've like, how, how are these people, people? How are these people trying to override nature? I mean, we're not all the same. Men and women are not the same. We should all be treated the same no. under the law, but we're not the same. And women, in in many look, there's things there's things where you know you, men have things over women, but women are incredibly powerful and, and important to men. Women. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's, everything it's is driven. Physically strong, or genetically, yeah. physically stronger. It's not making them better. They're just in, a, in weightlifting. They're going to win. It's just, yeah. <laughs> you the, know, it's, it's, it's stupid. It's, it's crazy. The one that, the one that really, really like, so the one that's really crazy to me is there is a, there is a woman that uh, used to be a man, I guess. And uh, that's on the uh, BMX team or something like that. And, and her dream is to burn the American flag on the podium in the Olympics. And the, and and yeah. she's on the Olympic team for America. Yeah. You can look it up. You can look it up. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, this Olympic this, athlete, Chelsea. They, were, they yeah. were raised in a school system that taught them that, that America is inherently bad. Mm-hmm. And I tell anybody, if that's the case, then... Tell me what country you want to move to. Well, well. So here's my here's my point, and I try to Google this. I think I was talking about this last night. You could try to Google this because I I was like, try right now to Google countries in the world that it's against the law to be uh, that has uh, laws against homosexuality. Try to Google that. Wow. You won't you won't find anything. Google, oh, they scrubbed it. Google won't prefill it. They won't prefill it. You have to type the whole thing out in order to find yeah. it. And my thing is. If you hate America so much, go live in Syria, Iran. 
Yeah, absolutely. Laws against homelessness, laws against homicide. It won't prefill. It won't prefill. It will not prefill. Homeless in California. (laughs) Yeah, it will not prefill that particular one. I did the search yesterday. And and, and like, you know. Big tech runs. Big tech, I I can tell you, Google uh, purposefully changes what you can find on the algorithm. But why would they do that? Like, why would they do, take out the search where you're trying to find out what countries they've have gone, laws against homosexuality? I mean, isn't it, America so does far. it. <laughs> they've right? gone so far that it, uh, yeah, they're no longer even fighting for what they use. It, it doesn't even yeah. make sense. It, none of it makes sense. Yeah. It's just all crazy. <clears throat> it's total yeah. It's total insanity, and, and, and people are getting really upset about it, and they're losing because of what they're, what they're trying so to push on everyone. You mentioned you had one kid that just graduated high school, one that just graduated college. How, how have they – because I got out of college. I've been out of college six or seven years now, so I never experienced any of this. When I was there, it was a little crazy. It was the Obama era, but it wasn't this crazy. How have they dealt with all this? It's um, well, my son going to Fordham, that's a Jesuit school. It's, it's a little more of a religious campus. So I think they're naturally okay. a little more conservative. I've got a daughter down in SCAD in Savannah and, uh, and my oh, son, no, like, just graduated high school. And, uh, but you know what? There, there's, there's a lot of conservative kids in all these schools. Yeah. And it's, it's also depends on what school. I mean, I just put down the laid down the law at the office, not a big thing, but it's, you know, hiring people. Well, we're not going to hire anybody from from uh, Harvard, from Stanford. There's a bunch of colleges. That I wouldn't hire anybody with these with a degree from those schools. I don't want the baggage they bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not absolutely. part of who we are. It's not part of our company culture. I don't want any of that crap. So we're going. And I think you're going to start seeing more and more people saying, you know what, you know why? Why? I, my, I've got a neighbor whose daughter was looking at Harvard. I was like, I was like, why would you want to go there? She ended up going to Notre Dame, but it's, you know, it's not worth it. It's not. I mean. I had, a, I had a cousin that went to Stanford, and my entire family, for the most part, is very conservative. And even even coming from a conservative background, she flexed very hard towards. She didn't go all the way full like liberalism, yeah. um, but Stanford it changed. It definitely changed her big time. When um, you're immersed in a world, any culture you're immersed in, it will influence you, good or bad. It will happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I don't envy. I don't envy, and I, I hate to say it, but I don't envy your sons at their ages because of the dating. Dating right now is Yeah, my insane. kids are dealing I, with that, yeah. Yeah, Hank's kids are at this, about the same age, actually. Yeah, I've and got a 22-year-old. He's going to turn, my son's going to turn 22 on Friday. That's why we won't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one's going to be 21 in September, and it's actually yeah. crazy for I don't, I don't envy them. It, it's just the world is so upside down at the moment for young men, for sure. Mm-hmm. It is, but you know what's something that's interesting is I see is I see so many guys in their early 20s that don't know how to be a man. Mm-hmm. They stand there with this goofy pose. They, they're, they're so, I'm not going to say feminine, but they're not guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, this, there's this whole thing about, de-ma- about toxic mass, demasculating men and all. But you know what? At the end of the day, I, it might sound sexist, I, I think a mm-hmm. woman wants to marry and date a man, mm-hmm. a guy who's strong. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. I'm, looking, I'm looking at my kids saying, I'm thinking, you know what? They don't know it yet, but they're going to be killing it because these guys are, they're, they're, they're not toxic anything. They this will is hold why the door for a... somebody. They will help somebody. They, they were raised to be respectful, mindful, and I think, to do the I think right it will thing. pay off in time. I think yeah. it will pay off in time. It's just the short term 
as yeah. a young there's man. There's a lot of lonely women right now because of their bullshit that they're on. Yeah, a lot of women, a, a lot of women well, allowed this to happen, and then they're the ones being disenfranchised, and then they're also lonely. Like, my kids would rather be lonely or play video games than to talk to a lot of the, the, the women out yeah, there. I they, don't want, they tell me well, all the time, I, we can't deal with them. They're, they're insane. I don't want that nope. crazy. I wouldn't want that crazy yeah. in my life. Yeah. No, I'm lucky uh, that Marley you, has been fantastic. Yeah. As you, uh, the what women are going to lose to is video games and the internet um, will take care of everything these guys want, yep. and they and and then it's, it's already <laughs> happening. It's already happening. It is. They're going to have to. They're going to have to change. <laughs> yeah. Everything goes in a cycle and waves and changes and. Yeah. You know, as crazy as it seems now, I look back at the 60s and the riots of the Democrat Party. We had the, the Vietnam War. We had shootings in our, at, at Kent State. All that stuff happening. We had assassinations of a president. Of you know, All that stuff happening. Religious leaders. Everything. I think we're back but, yeah, to that, just, that, that. That to me still seems crazier than it is now maybe i'm wrong but really? I mean, cit- okay. cities were i mean new york city was a was, was becoming a mess chicago dude, mm-hmm. just there I, was a real decline and yeah. we came out of it yeah new york I, city I ended itself uh, several times i feel like we are yeah. we are starting that cycle over i feel like we're yeah in, i think like, yeah we're in it we're, we're, we're in one of those crazies yeah yeah yeah. It's, that, it's that whole, uh, what, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make bad times. We yeah. are at the weak men making bad times, which will the, revert back to the strong men. Yeah. It's the challenge that can happen, though, is every time this cycle happens, we come out of it a little farther to the left, a little yes. farther. They're, they, they're, I mean, the far left, the far socialist, communist, they, they've got 50, 100-year strategies. They're not trying to do mm-hmm. this right away. And they're slowly working. I mean, controlling education started in the '60s, and they made a conscious effort, I believe, to to get to get teachers and get everybody teaching kids a different a different history, teaching them a, a different reality to drive this narrative that socialism mm-hmm. is good, capitalism yeah. is bad. Um, and, I think uh, I, looking looking at all of the parents that are waking up right now and. and going against critical race theory, I, I think parents are finally kind of getting to that point where they're like, yeah. we've had enough and they're bringing it back to center. But man, there's been so much destruction. It's a yeah. lot to bring it back to center. You yeah. Know? Let me say two things. So one, I, I see there's like a conversation. Uh, I'm not, we're not, for me, I'm <laughs> not, not trying not to, I'm not trying to hit, I'm not trying to hit women. I, right. I think no, women no, are incredibly important and I don't respect weak women. I like strong women. That's, I'm married yeah. to a strong woman, yeah, but a strong too. woman doesn't have to, to push down a man in order to be a Drink. woman, just like a no. man doesn't have to push down a woman in order to be a man. And this is Male the thing I think a lot of people are missing. Different. Mm-hmm. Very different. And I don't think it's I don't think it's pure. I don't think that's happening. I think that 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 drive is coming from much older people. The the you know from schools. It's it's a it's a it's peers, older peers that are that are trying to drive change this narrative. I, I mean, it's your your you know the, your talk shows on TV. They're talking about all this stuff. It's uh, yeah. So Mostly, my son hangs out. He's had a big group of friends, men, g- girls, boys, men, what do you call it? I mean, they're all good kids. And they, they're all, to me, I look at his group of friends and these kids are all normal. They're, they're doing the same thing I did and they're yeah. all crazy and they're having a good time to doing what they're supposed to be doing. 
Yeah, my older son. Right. My older son actually has a girlfriend that's smarter than him, and you know, and takes charge. And uh, I think he's doing better for it. <laughs> yep. So the younger one, we just need to, you know, we need to go back to the olden days, maybe where you you just do arranged marriages or something. But I think everything will come in time. <laughs> I'm not I'm not worried about it. Let me listen. We can't get out of here unless we talk about this. So I'm going to put this story up here on the screen. This is a um, so this news broke wow. right before the show. McAfee antivirus uh, software creator found dead in Spanish prison following extradition ruling. Uh, John McAfee found dead in a Spanish prison. There's a whole bunch of things that goes on here. Did you guys happen to hear about that or did you miss that coming in? I, I saw a quick blip on it right before we started the show. Yeah. So I um, think there, like he, um, he's involved in some kind of thing where he was stealing money from a company or something like that. And um, they're trying to extradite him and he lost his appeal, so he was about to get extradited, supposedly, allegedly. <laughs> Who knows what's going on there, but yeah, he somehow... John McAfee committing suicide in a prison. I don't know. It sounds a little weird, but yeah, maybe he just didn't want to... Um... Were the... <laughs> Was, were the Clintons involved? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. The first thought. How was that? How was that? My first thought. <laughs> a, a double shot suicide. It, it's yeah. a. It's a. It's. It's funny as it is a satirical place to go, but everybody went there when they saw the article. Mm -hmm. It just real quick mm -hmm. in their brain. It's, yeah, McAfee. But, uh, McAfee lived a crazy life. I mean, um, I saw somewhere yeah. that his dad committed suicide when he was 15. And I always tell people, it, no matter how bad your life is, don't do this. You ruin your, your everyone you you leave be yeah. behind. You ruin their lives. I'm yeah. sorry. Go, go ahead, Patrick. I was just if anybody out there hasn't looked into McAfee in the last 15 years after he left the mm -hmm. McAfee company, you need to go look into it. Yeah. It is nuts. It yeah. is nuts, nuts, nuts. The movie on McAfee, I think there's been some documentaries. The movie on his life is going to be so insane. I mean, I think his his wife right now was a prostitute that he met in South Beach. You know, uh, just lots nuts. of crazy. I mean, the, the, cra the craziest story from him is where, like, there's a story where he fell out with Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan stole his uh, midget, uh, he had some like uh, yes. midgets that he was having sex with, I guess, and Joe Rogan stole them from him. Apparently, that's the no, craziest okay. story I've ever heard. It's, so you gotta wow. go look it up. Um, Charlie, the guy that runs uh, Penguin Zero, he runs Cri Critical, runs a uh, YouTube channel, a big YouTube channel. Um, his podcast, they actually sat down and interviewed McAfee for like two or three hours. Mm -hmm. uh, go sit and listen to that. Really interesting because McAfee was like, that's some bullshit. It never <laughs> happened. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But I, rumors, I look at rumors. how they're – personally, if you look at how they're treating uh, uh, Julian Assange, mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to be extradited personally. So I know. Yeah. I mean there's some weird things happening uh, in the world, right? In the, the Like the whole, the whole yeah. thing about Assange uh, getting um, – you, it was it was Assange, and then what's the name of the other guy here? Snowden. Remember sure, they remember they threatened Trump down. over Snowden if he uh, if he pardoned Snowden. Mm -hmm. uh, supposedly that's yeah. the rumors that was going on out there. There's some weird stuff happening in our government, and we need to we need to look at everyone in the government, Republicans as well as Democrats, um, yeah. need to be looked at very very carefully, and we shouldn't trust any of these people. Um, yeah, that's, it's. That's my uh, opinion. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know why some people, it seems impossible to put a politician in prison. They're, they're so afraid. And it's possible they're afraid of, 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 of getting somebody to the point where they just spill it all. I don't know, but, yeah. you know, why, why, why didn't Hillary, for the servers, I mean, what she was doing with that remote, I mean, there's so many laws broken there. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, people, liberals may argue with me, but I can actually pull up pretty good data. Yeah. Um, Have, Cuomo's got some significant issues going why? on. Why? Yeah. The whole I family. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand it. The whole family. I don't, the, I don't, the, I don't think, I mean, he's going to be in jail. I don't think so. I don't think these guys, I think they're too entrenched. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it happens. They won't be. I don't, I don't think they will be either. Yeah. If you look at places here in Florida, we recently uh, – DeSantis recently signed into the law, and this is within the last six or eight months. Um, people who uh, – local local politicians who – we have what's called preemption here. So no local gun laws can be made outside of what the state regulates. And, and he recently signed into something saying that local sheriffs and politicians that signed into uh, any sort of gun laws – that are uh, would go against preemption can be held personally liable. You can take them to court and sue them personally. And they, the local politicians in like Miami Dade, the big liberal areas, went Lost nuts their minds, because yeah. they do not want to help be held personally responsible for anything they do. Yeah, and so it doesn't surprise well, me that okay. politicians guess never what? Sit, sit down, shut up, and do your job. Yeah, uh, right, right. But and, you got, you, and, there's, and there's damn problem. I really, if there's any probe or anything that I want to find, I want to find out what happened when Trump was given those pardons and somehow he, if you notice, he split with these guys. So even if we say it's rumor that they told him, if you pardon Snowden, that's it. We're going to put you in jail. That's the thing. That's the thing that's crazy right there. And they're still, for some reason, going after him. He's not president anymore. You would think they would just go, let's just forget about this guy and move on. It's the narrative. They Mm -hmm. can't, they need the news cycle they can't show – I mean the Biden administration has a, a complete shutdown on the media at the southern border. They don't want these stories out. They're trying to keep the Trump narrative going so the midterm election, they can keep that narrative. And then in three years, you know, three and a half years, they still – they want to keep that narrative as fresh as they can Yeah, to, I don't, to yeah. keep it going. There's a BBC article you can look up on the border where they actually went in and they're doing an article. And they said that then they had to sneak, sneak in cameras, sneak in everything – because the the U.S. The, the government administration has a complete lockdown on information getting out mm-hmm. about what's going on, and I've not seen the video. It is available, but they came out and said, "Is what we're showing you is really going to be disturbing." Um, mm-hmm. COVID is running rampant in the kids. Um, sexual assault of the kids we have in custody by the caretakers is running. My, my question on the whole southern border, and nobody nobody can answer this. None of the liberals I know can answer the question. Is the Biden administration takes power in January. How is it that 12,000 kids cross the border, unaccompanied minors, and you've got probably another 10,000 that hadn't crossed yet? So 22,000 mm-hmm. kids. How did that many kids from Mexico all the way down into halfway down South America, how did all those kids, A, why did they all decide at the same time to leave their homes and come to the border? How did they all get here? I mean, this is an orchestrated plan, and I'm not sure who's doing it, but there's no possible answer that these are unaccompanied kids making a, you know, in many cases, multi-thousand-mile trip across difficult terrain. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's areas that's not that safe, yet they all arrived at the border all within you know, four weeks of each other, three, four weeks of each other. Yeah. 
That's a question and, I ask my and, liberal and, friends, and they change the subject because they get angry with yeah. me. Yeah, and if these know? if these kids' parents got look, look I'm I'm going to tell you, I've lived outside of America. No matter what situation I'm in, I am not letting go of my kids. Okay, yeah. but let's say these parents let go of their children and let them travel over here. There's no way that there should be any kind of secrecy about what's going on here with these kids. Well, no, it should, the, it should not exist. Is it, is it is it possible that this was orchestrated? Get the kids to the border, kids cross. Oh, a humanitarian thing, and they're talking about trying to move these kids inland, like build centers. And well, the kids are now in the country. Now you, mm-hmm. a couple of years from now, you're going to see we've got to we've got to reunite these families. There's going to be a program to bring all the parents over mm-hmm. into the country to reunite them with the kids, not to send the kids back. And this Remember, whole if, thing, you, if, if you don't, uh, the, the whole dreamers thing during the Obama and post-Obama yeah. era, if, oh, you're, you're racist for not allowing these dreamer kids to be here. These any are the parents that let go of their kids <laughs> to go to any country, I don't care if it's America, any parents that let go of their kids are not the kind of people we need in America. No, I'm just, and I'm just whole, trying to tell you something. I mean, how much better would third world countries be if we banned all immigration? Now, I know it sounds crazy, but... One of the issues you have is you get into a country that's struggling and you take the best of the best of that country, the, re- the people who really have the energy to want to better themselves. It's not easy to get to America legally. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. I mean, especially if you live in, in, a, in Africa and in India, these countries. I've and done it, yeah. They've got, they've got the whatever it takes to figure it out, get it done, and come here. Well, if that wasn't on the table, that drive – that that level of energy and drive, what if that was directed to making their countries better? And all those people that are coming here and pursuing wealth in America instead pursued improving their countries. Would that would that make a tangible difference in third world countries? I mean, are we depleting third world countries of the very people that could drive change by making them fight to come here and then letting them in? I mean it's I'm not taking the position. I'm saying it's something to it's something to look at, though. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's, it's something to think about for sure. Okay, listen, yeah. we could we could keep going here, but we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. Well, you know, listen, Tom, man, we, we got to have you back. You know, I mean, this is it, the two hours went by so fast. Yeah, hopefully, it's, it's you know, it's funny because Seth, you know, he he's the one that he he's my one of marketing guys. Um, PRs, he booked the show. He's Tom. It's a two-hour show. I, was, I go, Seth. It's the fastest two hours of my life. The only problem with doing shows is you age quicker because the hour, the two hours, just it just goes by. Oh yeah, yeah it does. Oh, yeah. yeah, when you're having you a know? good conversation, I've had some really yeah. bad ones. This one is not that. <laughs> it's been a great That's conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I hope you guys will check out Secure It. We'll definitely um, have Tom back and 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 maybe we'll do okay. some things. I know genuinely, I am building out something, so I'm gonna. You know, I'm making some plans. So, yeah, I'm going to yeah, start putting yeah. money aside. Be in, t- be in touch. Be in touch. We can, yeah. uh, we can yeah. uh, if nothing else, we can help you with design work. I'm thinking being on the show, we can probably do a little something. something. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, so, we'll get you so checked out. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Before we get out of here, I'm going to go to Patrick, then I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to let you guys tell the audience out there how they can uh, follow you, see you guys on social media, communicate, etc. We'll start with Babyface P. How can the folks do that, Patrick? youtube.com slash babyface p we're on instagram is baby underscore face p absolutely okay tom this is, by the way oh sorry yeah. oh, go ahead show it show it 
Tomorrow, tomorrow. The tube oh, comes your in MVG tomorrow. Oh, look at that. Dude, the, tube, oh. the, the night vision tube will be here. Are those legal in New York? <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at thermal imaging right now. Oh, good, good, good. Oh. All right, oh, okay. for, for, so, for me, the easiest thing you can do is just Google secure it. Mm-hmm. Just Google my name. Google secure it. Google Tom Kubinick if you want to find me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, just Google my name. And it's, we've got enough stuff out there. Um, I'm not crazy in Instagram. I post some stuff once in a while. I don't. I mean, I'd love to do more. I, I don't have time, but yeah. uh, we've got a pretty good YouTube channel. Our website's got a ton of information on decentralized storage, those principles, on um, how flexible firearm storage is a better way. So, yeah, good it's, reading, good stuff, and never hesitate to reach out. And uh, absolutely, we'll we'll, we'll be we'll doing some more stuff with with Tom Kubik of Secure It. Stay there, Tom. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to run in the end. We're going to come back, and you're going to leave us with the words of wisdom. I don't think your uh, marketing guy told you about that because, you know, okay. uh, but that's what we're going to do. Just stay right Roger there. That. Big thanks to Harry's Holsters for sponsoring the podcast here. Use the code Hank Strange. That gets you 10% off at Harry's Holsters. They make awesome Kydex holsters. Thanks so much to all you folks for being here. We really do appreciate you. Uh, lots of people, Tom, saying they really enjoyed the show. I'm seeing all of that going through here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. try to throw up as uh, as many of them as I possibly can. Um uh, so here, here's my thing. I am going to run in the end, and we'll be right back, and Tom's going to give us the words of wisdom. All right, guys, thanks so much for watching the show here. Make sure you smash that thumbs-up button um, and subscribe to the channel, ring the bell, all of that. We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on iTunes and all your favorite places to watch and listen. Well, listen, I guess if we're ripping out the audio. Listen to your audio podcast from um, Tom Kubik of Secure It. Please, sir, bless us. With your words of wisdom. Words of, don't waste time. Don't wait. Nobody knows when their front door could be kicked in, when their daughter could get, when something could, bad could, don't, don't wait. If you've got a firearm you haven't shot in a while, go out and shoot it. If, you've, if you're not sure in your training, go out and get good training. It's fun. Don't, don't wait on safety, security, and anything in life. You know what? We're giving up a day of our life to have this day. You know, you're never going to get it back. Make it count. Make it Absolutely. count. Absolutely. Awesome. Well said. Thank you very much. Okay, we're out of here, guys. Tom, still stay right there. We yep. will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back. Thanks a lot, Patrick. We're out. Peace.